Betty Butter bought some butter, but she said, This butter's bitter. If I put it in my batter, it will make my batter bitter. But a bitter better butter will make my batter better. Then she bought a bitter butter, better than the bitter butter. Made her bitter batter butter better, but so twas the bed bo- bollocks. Ah, oh, you're so close, man. That's not an easy tongue twister to get your lips around. Well done. Thanks. I've been practicing this one for weeks now. I know. I've been sleeping with earplugs for the last few nights, but the background bassiness of your voice is oddly soothing. Why did you need to learn the Betty Botter thing? Well, I didn't want to make a big deal out of it, but I actually got a small part in a play. What? You didn't tell me. You, you know I'm a trained actor. I can actually help you on this one. I could teach you some Stanislavski, or we could do some improv work together. You need to learn some movement exercises at the very least. Have you thought about the Suzuki method? Or oh, let, let me find the guy that does my headshots. This could be big for you, man. I need to get you in front of some other directors. Have you thought about backstage herbal tea? See, this is why I didn't want to make a big deal out of it. I knew you'd get too excited by it. It's Look, it's just a small role with one line. I'm only trying this acting thing out to see if I like it. Just don't get too excited, okay? There are no small roles, James. Come on, what's the part? Shocked onlooker number three. Okay, and what's the line? (gasps) Unbelievable. I can't believe it. Should have been, I can't believe it's not Betty Butter's butter. Very subtle reference to an old commercial from I Can't Believe It's Not Butter, if anyone, uh, if anyone got that reference. I feel like the, the line, I can't believe it's not X, is yeah. like a common internet one now at this point. I'm shocked that people, like, I've actually spoken to a few people that don't know the original ad. It's like when, you know, like the classic Australian ad of not happy, Jan. Oh, yeah. But no one can actually remember what the ad's for. Do no, you remember? just know the line. I don't know the ad. It's no. yellow pages. Like the old phone book yellow pages pages that's what it was for not happy jan i think that the whole skit was like she wanted him to book a plumber or something wow she I, wasn't happy about the plumber no, he picked, maybe <laughs> uh welcome to the get commanded podcast it's the gcp brought to you by pog palms off gaming sponsor of this podcast don't forget to water your house plants I'm your host, Walt. And hello, commander players i'm the friend that your mum is slightly wary about james <laughs> Is this going to be the 2024 thing? Yeah, this is our new resolution. <laughs> be weird. E- weird. More weird. More weird. More weird. Even weirder than we have been before. <laughs> Strap yourselves in, everyone. It's going to be a long fucking year. <laughs> Look, before we get to the transmission for this episode, I did want to remind you that we are kicking things off with a bit of a bang this year. In just a couple of weeks' time, we will be going to CanCon on the 26th to the 28th of January. Woo! Uh, Good Games invited us. We shouted them out last time. Just saying thank you again to Good Games because it's so exciting that yeah. I even get asked to do this stuff. Definitely. So tickets are on sale now. Um, look, if you are a Melbourne-based listener, the drive isn't too bad. No, we're going to do it. We're going to do we, it. We, we decided to save on flights. We're going to drive for six hours, It'll be I about six say. and a half. We need to do a 
joint playlist so we both yeah. get <laughs> or maybe two playlists yeah, honestly okay. realistically I like that idea. um yeah definitely come along it, it, it's gonna be really fun and, and we're super excited to be um yeah to be in the space that other commander players will be and hopefully some commander players we've never met before yeah. so yeah bring some more people into the get commanded fold so links uh are all in the description of the the thing the show notes down the you know the, the, the down below down below the in, dark place check the soles of your shoes you can buy tickets there check the soles of the damned and see if they know uh, how to check the description of the podcast episode. <laughs> I don't know. Um, this is an incoming transmission from the deep depths of the galaxy from the Space Commanders. It's time to get commanded. Time has come. No longer will you procrastinate the cleansing of your Commander deck collection. With Walt, decide which decks remain and which are to be disassembled. I always hate it when they call out one of us specifically. I mean, when your name is in the command, it's like, it's it's big time, it's, like, you know, James Alvarez, you know, it, like, it's you're kinda, in trouble. It's kind of terrifying, <laughs> it's honestly. Not, it's not fun. Look. This is going to be like the episode we did for all of your decks. Yes. But I guess this episode has a a point, I guess. Yeah. A I bit mean, of a... I'm going to have to cut some decks. Yeah. Apparently, if I don't want to be disintegrated, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah. Do, decide which are to be disassembled or be disintegrated, maybe, is the... They didn't say that, but the no. subtext was yeah, there. Yeah, it was there. It was there. We all heard it. Um, It's funny, actually, that, that, that this is the goal of your one, because I was looking back at... Um, this episode the other day, the when I looked at all of my decks, mm. and I realized that um, the two decks that were in my D tier that I assigned there myself cut. both don't exist anymore. There you go. It was Krak slash Chroma, and it was Water Raid Mother, and neither of those decks exist anymore. So yeah, clearly it makes a difference. Think about all your decks, and you'll decide which ones you don't want to play anymore. Yeah, this does remind me of one of our most listened to episodes of all time, mm. which is episode nine of our podcast. Way back farewell sweet deck yeah. we found that there were three main reasons that you should think about not like definitely if it if you're having this you should definitely cut your deck because you could fill these categories and still have fun with the deck yeah but the three main reasons that we found that you should consider cutting your deck is if the deck feels the same every time that's mm-hmm. the first reason the second reason is if the deck doesn't work or just won't get there or if it's like a Glass cannony type yeah, of thing. Like it either works really well or it doesn't work at all, and there's no in between. Like, yeah, it's the glass. A boom or bust. Yeah. yeah. And the other reason is it just doesn't suit your playstyle. So mm. whatever your playstyle is, you've moved too far away from it to enjoy the deck and you're just not reaching for it anymore. Yeah, but I ultimately, think... that's like the main reason, right? You're just not reaching for it. Yeah, all of these re- are basically ways of saying I don't reach for the deck anymore. Like, oh, this deck is always the same. I don't feel like having that experience anymore. Or, yeah, uh, th- this deck sometimes just doesn't work at all. I don't want to reach for that deck. Mm. Uh, this deck doesn't really suit the way I want to play my commander games. I don't reach for the deck anymore. That's like yeah. the overall. Watching, uh, just it's sitting on the dust collecting shelves, which to be fair, a lot of my ducks are deck ducks. Yeah. Ducks? Did I say ducks? <laughs> that was a hell of a sentence because you also said it's sitting on the dust collecting shelves. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still on Betty Butter bought a bit of butter. <laughs> 
everything's a tongue twister. When Look, you some your of your ducks it. can sit on dust and collect shells. Oh, of course. Now I understand. I want art commissioned of that. <laughs> dust collecting shelves? <laughs> I actually, that would look kind of dope. Just a duck, like, scooping up some dust? No, no, oh, du- a dust collecting shelves. Oh, but it was sitting it, on duck, your ducks. The duck is sitting on dust No, no, it was the dust shelves. sitting on duck. Look, we're okay, nailing this 2024 <laughs> goal of being weirder. We're absolutely killing this. Look, the whole... I think the Space Commanders did hear in the last episode that I admitted that I wanted to cut some decks. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking to cut around three to four decks. Okay. From from this. Mainly wow, because I want... sizable, considering, like... It I is. know you have about 15 decks, but yeah. three, like four of those would be a quarter of them. Yes, but like I want to build new ones and I want sure. the decks that I have to be played. The main thing that I want is I want a philosophy with each of my decks where I find it fun to lose with the deck. You've said this about your Katilda and Lear deck a couple mm. of times. Every time I hear that, I'm like, that's what I want from my decks. Sure. Is if I have fun with losing with them, it's a deck that I'm always playing. Yeah. That's my like go-to goal. Oh, totally fair. I think the it's interesting. The, the thing that I, I've noted before, I think... I think in the game log between me and you is that decks that we don't like very much have a very different journey between the mm. two of us where I will occasionally pull them out like maybe once every couple of weeks. I shelve mine so hard. They're just gone. Like, like we'll see when we start going through these episodes. You know these- what? These decks, but some of them are straight up decks I haven't seen in like months. I'm actually thinking of you know in Toy Story the the toy Wheezy yeah. that sits on the shelf collecting dust. He's a duck. He's, no, he's not. He's a penguin. He's a penguin, but he's, he's close. close. <laughs> <laughs> Still a bird. But yeah, like I I have a feeling that I do that to my decks. I just put them away and then they're they're, they're squeaker box. Shelves. <laughs> they're collecting shelves. <laughs> Oh my god, that bit of, bit of bit of butter, Betty's butter, but yeah, he's bollocks. <laughs> Look, I reckon we'll we'll run by a similar template that you ran with last time. Sure. So, like, we'll for each deck, we're going to answer the the questions of what does the deck want to do. Mm-hmm. We'll identify a couple of key cards. Yep. You had a budget card slot, but I'm not really of a budget player. I think mine was like a weird pick, but they were usually budget as well. Yeah. I'm going to call mine banger cards. Yep, that's fair. Like the, the, the pick of the deck, basically. The go- the, what what um, Commander's Quarters used to call the golden pick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That I kind remember of thing, that. Yeah. yeah. And obvi- like the last one is really the discussion point of what's it like to play? What's yeah. it like? What do you think about playing against it? What's mm-hmm. your experience as being an opponent? Yep. What's my experience with being a pilot? Mm-hmm. And then I've prepared a couple of statements for each of the deck, which will give us an idea of where we want to put it on the tier list. Oh, yeah. And we'll do that at the end, right? Like we did with mine? Yeah. We'll secretly choose tiers as we go through. And then we'll reveal our tiers at the end and see which decks get cut. Interesting. I'm actually kind of terrified. It's like your children being put on the chopping block. It's terrifying. Because the the tiers we did last time, like the very classic, like S, A, B, C, D. Are you... Like, is is the D tier just we're going to cut them? Or is it more vibes based where it's like we might cut D and a couple... Of C's yeah, or... I think I think it'll be vibes based. I don't think I don't think every D tier deck is to deserves go. to be cut because there are a couple of decks of mine that I think are kind of stupid, but I designed them to, to be stupid, be stupid yeah. and like to fit a certain need. We'll mm. we'll, we'll get to those. Okay, decks. okay. Should we start at the very top? Let's do it. And I'm assuming you mean top by power level. Yeah. 
That's what yeah. I mean, exactly. Niv-Mizzet Peru. Yeah. This is... So, obviously, this deck is my infamous CDH Niv-Mizzet Curiosity Control combo deck. It is the deck that I went uh, top four in in the Dockside Debacle 2 tournament. Um, it, uh, it has been my love letter to Magic the Gathering for a long time. There is not a single proxy in this CDH deck, which is something to be incredibly proud of, to be fair. It's a lot of money put into it. Mm-hmm. But this whole point is to combo off with Curiosity and Niv-Mizzet. So Curiosity is obviously the combo card here, which is one of the key cards. It's whenever this creature deals damage to a player, draw a card. So if you get that on Niv, it's an aura, you go infinite, you draw your deck, you kill everyone. It's great. Yep. But there is a bit of a wheeling hand strategy in this. So I've put the other card of Wheel of Fortune to be one of the key cards, the yeah. player quintessential role in this deck. Um, the banger card is a hard one to choose because like this deck runs force of will and like yeah. all these massive cards, it's mostly bangers, but I'm going to include a card that I think people are sleeping on in CDH role reversal mm. for blue, blue and a red. You get a sorcery that says exchange two target permanents that share a permanent type. So you basically, I mean, in 99% of cases you switch two people's commanders Yep, and it's just an instant turn off to everyone's. Yep, it's like I don't get to win until I find a removal spell and then recast my commander. Yep. Yep. I've also seen you, I think, like just grab someone's like amazing, like someone um, Gilded Drake's you and steals your thing. And then it's like, cool, I'll roll reversal my thing back and you can have this Dockside Extortionist that does nothing now. (laughs) Well, like that's like, I've used it a few times where I've even stolen stuff like a Thrasios. Just because, like, that's yeah. their only line to get infinite mana and, like, have an outlet for it. Right. So if I steal their outlet, they've got infinite mana but nothing to do with it. Yeah, respect. Yeah, I've also stolen things like a Malcolm from someone else's deck so I oh. could go infinite with my Glinhorn Buccaneer in my deck. Yep. It is a, it's a great card. So what's it like to sit across the table with this deck? This is, like, just the quintessential James deck. Yeah. It, there, there is always an out. There is always a instant speed response. There's always a plan, um, even if the plan is being made as James is talking to someone. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's Look, I, I'm not going to lie and say it's a blast to play against because you get counterspelled a lot. I think and there's, like, 30 counterspells yeah. in the deck or and, something like that. you know, the wins can come out of nowhere, but that's CDH, right? Yeah. Um, no, it, I, I'll say, like, it's not fun. When you're in the game, you're, like, you're not having the best time necessarily with against all the counter spells. but it's very fun to watch you have so much fun. <laughs> you en- you enjoyed watching me on stream in the Dockside final. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, but, and also, even if I'm in a game with you, I'm vicariously enjoying that you're finding the, 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 the lines. Like, what you, you do the classic, like, shuffle your hand around, look at this person's graveyard, look at this thing, and then go, oh, and then start doing stuff, and that's always fun to watch. I mean, look, you're totally right. To play it, the feeling of power you get when everyone looks at you when they just put a spell on the stack to like it's almost like they're asking for permission mm. it's like i'm gonna try and resolve a dockside extortionist <laughs> james james am i allowed to do may this may i please sir and, and look i think the the feeling for me when i play it is that because i'm so synonymous with this deck like mm. Nivmizit and james just in our local meta are like one and the same person mm. um i do find that when i pilot it uh, I do become a lightning rod for removal the second I r- resolve Niv. Mm. And mainly it's because it's a two-card combo, right? Like, yeah. I'm about to win. It makes sense. You can't feel mad. It's CDH. That's just the play of the game. But m- the way I've built my Niv deck with this, like, wheel theme and, like, chucking a bunch of wheels in there, even, like, winds of change is in my version of the deck. Mm. Um 
the reason I put these cards in there is because Niv, if you resolve it and one wheel, you remove so many things mm. on the board. And the creatures in CDH now are so prevalent. The, yeah. It is such a creature-based meta with the amount of good stacks creatures, mm. the amount of good, like, just value creatures. Even, like, you know, think of Orcish Bowmasters. Yeah. All of these, like, small incremental value stuff. If you resolve one wheel and you draw seven, eight, nine cards, depending on how you resolve it and how many mm. cards you have... You're gonna remove a lot of stuff. Yeah, definitely. Look, Niv is my baby. This is my mainstay in CDH. Will always be my go-to in those pods. It's packed full of interaction, which makes me think hard about other players, um, their decks, and their lines to winning. And that's just fun as hell. Who doesn't want to resolve a windfall after they cut their hand to ten to eleven damage anywhere across the table? Draw into a combo and a fistful of counters to protect it. It's a sweet deck. It's a sweet deck. I, I like it a lot. I think I know what tier I'm putting this in. That's fair. I'm, I'm I, just making that notes was on my phone. An easy one good. for me as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that. Sure. All right. Well, what's next? I reckon we'll go outside of the colors just a little bit. We'll go yep. to Liesa Shroud of Dusk. Oh, sure. Very different deck. Definitely. Uh, this, this is the five mana angel. It's five five with lifelink. Whenever a player casts a spell, they lose two life, and you pay life rather than mana to pay command attacks. Correct. <laughs> Nailed it. That's nice. like it's it's not worded exactly like that, but yeah. that's that's the point it, of the it's card. It's the gist. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a sick deck. And that the whole point of this deck is that it wants to resolve Liesa to start having everyone just slowly lose their own life by casting spells mm-hmm. um, and just protect itself forever. There's just a ton of protection in here, and then cast a big game ending spell for the win. Mm-hmm. Just protects the hell out of itself. So two key cards. Um, I would say Blood Chief Ascension is mm. one of the key like helps the deck kind of get to that win a little bit quicker Mm -hmm. is that weird one mana black enchantment that has the quest counter thing and once it's got three quest counters it's online gets a quest counter if someone's lost two or more life at the end step Mm -hmm. um and then every time a card is put into a graveyard it deals two damage to its controller Oh, the person like, like the person who put the card in the graveyard. Yes, that, I can't remember exactly how it's worded. It's something it's, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, if you cast an instant spell and that card goes to the graveyard, two damage to you. Yeah, creature if, dies, two damage to you. Yeah. yeah. The thing that people don't realize about this card specifically is that it says card, not token. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it, it doesn't say if, when a creature dies. Yes. If something says when a creature dies, a token hitting does hit the graveyard. But tokens are never cards. Correct. They are tokens. Unless you're playing that weird uncard, which we do actually know someone (laughs) at our store who has a... I forget what it's called. Oh, it's a... I know it's it's, um, Simic, and it basically, when it enters the battlefield, all tokens Tokens you control control are cards. Until until the end of the game. Yeah. It's it's wild. It's strange. Shout out (laughs) Nick. Post it in the Discord. Yeah, do it. (laughs) Uh, The other card that I've decided to highlight here to show how this deck works is Ghostly Prison. Yep. Just a good piece of protection. This is the one where... Uh, players can't attack you unless they pay two mm. for each attacking creature. Yeah. Um, that's basically what the deck is. It's a lot of deal damage to you when you do stuff and don't touch me. I'm protecting myself, building a bit of a pillow fort. Yep. Makes sense. You've got to keep your life total secure because you're also losing life when you're casting spells. You gain five a turn from Liesa, but you also need to just like stay alive from casting your spells and let everyone else kill themselves. <laughs> basically. The banger card of this deck mm-hmm. is a whack one. It's part of the Pact cycle, you know, like Pact of Negation. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, a Summoner's Pact, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But it's the white one that no one ever plays. It's 
Intervention Pact. Ah, oh, this is the one that prevents all the damage that would be dealt by a single source? I believe right? uh, the next time damage would be dealt to you, I think it's worded, prevent it. Oh, okay. I, I could look it up, but th and then it's got, because it's a zero drop instant. Yeah, yeah. And it's got the clause of pay one white and a white in your next upkeep or you lose the game. It's pretty sweet. It's it's better than a fog effect, in my opinion, because you, wow. you gain life instead of taking the damage. Oh, do you? Yeah, so ah. you, you, you prevent it all and however much damage would have been dealt by that source... You gain that much life. I mean, it's pretty comparable to um, what's the obscuring haze, the the free fog. The free if you control fog, your yeah. commander. I reckon it's a similar card to that. Yeah, I mean, look, I think this card is just super slept on because yeah. there's so many decks in commander now that are trying to like kill you with one source. Whether mm. it's not like a, it's like a Voltron deck or if it's like a big spell, for example, oh, like yeah. a burn spell. Yeah, great against a burn spell. I have stopped a couple of like you know um, Earth. Uh, what are they called? Like uh, fire fireballs? Yeah, yeah fireball style effects. Red fireball Gyre, style effects. Simulating inferno, something yeah. like that. Yeah, those kinds of things. All right, what's this? This deck doesn't seem fun to play against, in my <laughs> opinion. Because I called the deck on Moxfield. Sorry, you lose two life. Yeah. Because I'm the guy at the table that's reminding every person after every spell to take two life. It's a little misleading. Um, putting the word sorry in there. <laughs> I'm you just not go. Sorry. You take two. Yeah. You take two. <laughs> That's true. That's not um, a true reflection of how I play this no, deck. No, it's not. Um, this is a, a very not James style deck, is what I would say. Um, it's very much like lay out all the permanents and then see what happens, which is the complete opposite of how you normally play, which is hold everything in your hand, storm off in some fashion. Um, I think this is a deck that uh, flies under the radar a lot. Some people assess it correctly. I like to think I'm one of those people. But yeah. Some people just look at it and go, that won't be too bad. And then suddenly everyone's at 10 life and it's like, oh, I've got five spells to deal with the Liesa deck or I'm dead. Like I have to get rid of Liesa, then stop James from recasting Liesa and also win. <laughs> I, think it, I think I played this on one of our streams like not too long ago mm. and... Everyone in chat was like, surely James is the threat. Surely. Yeah. And then for a long time, everyone ignored me until I got to the point where I was like unstoppable. And then it was 3v1. Yeah. And then I lost. It's just inevitably. like, it flies on the radar for a while and then kind of pops off. It, it, it's very much not the way you normally play, but it's like, it's an interesting deck for sure. I would agree. This deck is so out of my play style. I would say it's proactive, whereas I'm very Definitely. reactive. Yeah. I think I would rather, that's why Intervention Pact was the banger. That's yeah. the one the one card. The only instant in the deck. No, yeah. it's not true. I mean, it's not far off. <laughs> the rest of, the rest of the deck is very sorcery speed. Yeah. Very sorcery speed. The only like instant speed stuff is like the removal, which by the way is another reason why I do love playing this deck. Because there's lots of removal. Oh my god. And the colors are like yeah. I can see why people get attracted to these these colors so easily mm. because it's just like the best removal suite there's no problem you can't answer it's no, just like th any permanent yeah there are there are colors that, that you play in commander where something gets resolved and you're like oh i have to find my chaos warp <laughs> yes or my feed the swarm i'm in mono yeah. black yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. like that i have one out to this thing and my deck won't work until i get rid of it and yeah when you play in white black you just don't have that problem <laughs> yeah all right verdict time yep the deck is so not me. This deck sits back and waits. It has taught me a whole new way of playing Commander. Although I can see why people, I can see why I love it. Uh, a well-timed protection spell is like counterspelling, really. And look, and being able to deal with any threat on the board, like I was just saying, I can see why people gravitate towards these colors. Definitely, definitely. It's uh, a good, good deck. I've chosen the tier for this one. Yep. 
I've got it in my head too. Next deck. This is one that we haven't seen in a very long time. No, I haven't seen this deck in months myself. Yeah, I reckon the last time I played it was definitely like mid-2023. Yep. Yeah. Wow. It's Yaleva, Nefalia's Scourge. Mm. I know, a Grixis deck that James doesn't play often. I know, it's rare. It, it can happen, but it is rare. It sounds wild. Yaleva, for those that don't know, is a four mana, one blue, black, and a red for a oh, three, two? Or th- I, I can't remember her power two, toughness. four or something. That shows how much I don't play this deck. <laughs> She's got flying. She does have flying. But the, the main thing is when she enters the battlefield, each player exiles X cards where X is the amount of mana spent to cast the spell. So when you first resolve her, it's four, and then it does check command attack. So then Correct. it'll be six, and then it'll be eight. So you'll get six cards, eight cards, etc. Scales with the length of the game, I it guess. It does. And the whole uh, reason you're exiling those spells is because every instant and sorcery that you exile and every player player exiles is able to be cast whenever your labor attacks yep for free yeah so your deck is stacked full of expensive instants and sorceries that are extremely backbreaking like yeah. nine mana eight mana instants and sorceries and then yeah sometimes you get something great off someone else's deck and you go cool i'll have that a good time to removal spell is kind of handy like someone exiles a path to exile and you're yep. like hey i actually could really use that, that sounds good <laughs> yeah but like that's the whole point of the deck is to cast incredibly big spells the the theme of my deck is that it's packed full of copy spells, like, mm. you know, fork effects type thing. The whole reason of this is because why would you want to resolve one worst fears when you can resolve three? Two worst fears. <laughs> ah, 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 ah. <laughs> I like how you said two, I said three. But that's one of the key cards to give you an example of the level of uh, enormous spells. This is seven and a black. Uh, it exiles itself on resolution, thank God, uh, because it says you control target opponent's next turn. Yep disgusting straight up uh it is definitely one of the cards i highlight in the rule zero conversations is this is how i can stop you from winning yes and when you i mean copying it two more times is like my turns (laughs) uh the other card that i wanted to highlight here is crack the thumbless yeah uh it's just a great way of copying spells but Mm. also with uh yaleva if the spell is exiled you can bounce it back to hand if it fails. Mm. And if you've got other ways of copying it, you could get the value of like copying it, having that copy resolve and having the original spell bounce back to hand. So you still get it again. But it's all on a coin flip because that's what Kruk do. Yep. The banger card that I've chosen is Mnemonic Deluge. Mm. This is like six blue, blue, blue for a spell that says it's a sorcery that says exile target instant sorcery from graveyard, copy it three times and cast all three copies without yeah. paying the mana cost. Also Exiles and Resolution, this card. Yeah. My favorite thing that I've ever copied with this spell was a Casualties of War. Oh, God. It, there was so many targets <laughs> like, that I had to declare. How many targets is on Casualties of War creature, normally? Five? Creature, creature, Artifact, Enchantment, Planeswalker, Planeswalker Land. Land, that's five. So, so yeah, you I had 15, 15 targets. targets. <laughs> oh, my word. How's this deck to play against? Um, It's probably your... And this is saying something because there's there are some decks coming up that are contending with this this is maybe your most explosive deck it does yeah it does cheat out some ridiculous spells well and it very goes very quickly it goes from zero to a hundred in no time at all like i have seen you that there, there have been games i remember a game i played with you oh actually this is someone else's you labor deck but it's illustrative of what the deck can do <laughs> just someone, the commander alone someone resolved you labor and then just attacked and cast something and i forget what it was but it was one of those like I think it was kind of like an ultimatum style thing, like reveal the top five, like cast as many as you want kind of thing. And I think they literally won that turn. Like that's that's your Lava's potential ceiling and your deck 
is not necessarily that level, but it's pretty close. Like if you have Crock the Thumbless out or um, what's the one that copies triggered abilities of shamans and wizards? Harmonic, Harmonic Prodigy. Prodigy. If you have a Harmonic Prodigy out and you laver and then you just cast, yeah, like a, a Mnemonic Deluge, sometimes it's just like, okay, we lose. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's w- a wild, wild deck to, to be on the other side of. I don't mind playing against it. Um, it's it's just a it's a hell of a time. You don't, you really have no idea what's going to happen. I do feel like this deck is a cast and pray deck. It's not mm. a glass cannon because it 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 does do the thing. You just need to protect your laver, and that's yeah. why I mean the cast and pray thing is you really hope your laver stays on the battlefield for a turn. She's got a stick. The the terrible thing about it is though because all these cards are exiled face up. Everyone can see the cruel ultimatum that has just been yeah. exiled, and they're like, "I don't want that aimed at me. No. Screw that." Yeah. Look, I I think it's awesome. It does have that feel of big Timmy plays, like just out of nowhere blowing up and doing something incredible. But I feel like I run out of things to do except just try to get my commander to stick and swing with it. Yeah, it, it's it's a very commander centric deck, and mm. they 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 can be fun. But it does mean that your game plan is quite narrow. Mm. All right, verdict. This deck is very fun to pull off. I mean, casting Clone Legion and copying it, that's friggin' awesome. Yeah. The problem is actually getting that to happen. When the big thing is face up to the table and it's a big game-ending spell, people will often figure out a way to stop you. And with the very high mana curve, if that line of cheating big spells out happens, you're often left saying, if I only had one more mana. Mm, relatable. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can feel where this is going in my tier list. Sure. But it's hard to put it there because I'd have had some really explosive turns with that deck. Respect, I understand. All right, keeping in a similar color scheme, just dropping the blue this time. We're going which is to... rare for you. I know <laughs> <laughs> this deck was a hard one to build. Yeah, uh, we're going to the Scorpion God. Mm. Uh, this is a deck that I've been playing a lot of recently. This is a semi-recent build of yours. Last sort of six months, six to eight months, I would say. Yeah, come about like mid last year. Yeah, something like that sounds about right. Um, this is a negative one counters deck. Scorpion God, uh, basically says the, the key line of text is whenever a creature with a negative one counter on it dies draw a card mm-hmm. there is also an activated ability for one black and a red to put a negative one counter on a target creature which mm-hmm. is great and it does the uh armin cat god thing of when it dies put it to your hand in the beginning of the next 10 step yep same as scorpion god and the others <laughs> that that is the scorpion oh my god, god. you mean scarab god. scarab god very different and Skir- locust god gods that have a skirt name that james owns yeah i, I actually <laughs> bought the very last box of armin cat from our lgs that's <laughs> the only too. reason i have I this card about that yeah um but yeah this is a weird negative one counters deck because it's also an aristocrats deck yeah but it's it's using the neg one counters thing as some extra value so it's mm. it's gaining me value because when my creatures with neg one counters on them get sacrificed to drain my opponents mm-hmm. i also get to draw a card yeah and also it's gaining me value because neg one counters weaken my opponent's fields mm. um so you can kind of have a look at the the key cards here and you get an idea of the two things the deck is trying to do mm-hmm. ghana blood chief of keld uh is one of my favorite aristocrats effect currently going this is the one for one black red red when a creature die, when a creature you control dies, draw a card if it was attacking. Yep. Otherwise, Garner deals one damage to each opponent. Yep. yep, it's so good. If you have a free sack outlet and are in combat, and you can deal combat damage after you've dealt damage while they're still technically attacking, mm. sacrifice them to draw a bunch of cards. Oh, 
Best of both worlds. Very fun. The other card to give you a great idea of what this deck is trying to do is Yorgmoth, Thran Physician. The power level on this one is quite high. (laughs) Yes. um, Look, it is a ridiculously powerful card, but I think it's got a good spot in the deck because the rest of the deck is not incredible. Oh, yeah. It's a a deck where this card is very good, like arguably one of the best cards in the deck. because it is a sack outlet. It puts negative one counters on things. It draws you cards. It draws me cards. It proliferates. It does. It's doing everything you want to do in the deck, but it's not accompanied by the usual suite of, you know, like blood pod. uh, Not blood pod. What's the- Blood pet. No, what's the pod- is it called Blood Pod? Birthing right. Pod? Birthing Pod. Birthing Pod, right. It's not yeah, accompanied yeah. by the Birthing Pod usual suite of like, I sack this, which gets me this, which yeah. gets me my um, Protean Hulk. You know, it's like not that kind of a deck, but it's still very good. Yeah, and it, it does combo with uh, Nest of Scarabs, yep. uh, which I believe will be coming out of the deck just because it's a combo that can get off and can win very quickly. Sure. Uh, especially if you've got a drain effect, you just you just win the game. Yep. Um. The banger card I've chosen is Necro Skitter. Oh, yeah. This is a nuts card. This is one black and a black. Whenever a creature your opponents control with a neg one counter on it dies, return it to the battlefield under your control. Oh, this card. This is insanity. Oh, it's wild. We, yeah. we board wiped the other day in a game and it was just like, oh, that's right. Oh, crap. We just James gave gets all everything. <laughs> it is nuts. Um, I do want to make a very special shout out here to a card called Sudden Spoiling. Uh, it's a split second instant spell that gives all creatures target opponent control base power zero two mm. i love this card because if all if you've managed to put two negative one counters on one of their key creatures and you sudden spoiling them dead dead immediate dead and it's split second it's like oh Can't do anything about it big fan of this card but yeah necroskid is the, the the banger card in this deck for sure uh what's it like to play against um I will very, very, very rarely ever play a deck where I have small creatures that are important to me <laughs> against uh, this. Yeah. It's just too tempting for you as the Scorpion God player to just remove what is obviously a key piece. The the, the key, the best example here is I built Katilda and Leah at a similar time. Mm. It was not a good time because you just like, there's no reason not to, if you have like an empty hand and Scorpion God, pay three mana, destroy someone's best creature, draw a card, is just way too good to pass up yeah um so that that can be rough uh but it's a very interesting deck and if i yeah if i'm not playing a deck like that i have find it really fun to play against where it's kind of like you can sort of see the lines but also you see a card yeah like necros kid pop up and you're like okay (laughs) (laughs) um so you have to get silly up in here uh i like it yeah it's it's interesting and it's not an aristocrats deck you'd normally see and it's not a negative one counters deck you'd normally see which i like it kind of is a a a fun blend of the two and is the kind of deck that i myself tend to build (laughs) yeah well look i built this deck originally trying to do the the blended thing and i hated it yeah and then i did a because i actually built the original prototype of this deck with another commander ages ago like i'm talking like 2021 ages ago um and then i tried it with scorpion god because i thought it would support i didn't get it right and it just became a negative one counters deck and then i completely disassembled it and rebuilt it with the aristocrats thing Mm -hmm. and i've got a good balance now it's just so cool to be able to play something that gets value from two strategies Mm -hmm. that's and it's like a really good in the middle like you said it's a great deck to hold up mana just to be able to sink it into an activated ability on your commander yep i think that's super underrated on commanders is just oh. having an activated ability on it. It also draws you out of like, like you can be top decked 
top decking, and if you just have your commander, you have a way out. It, it costs a lot of mana. Yeah. But yeah, every 1-1 one, one on the table is pay three mana, draw a card. That's not a terrible, terrible rate to have when you're top stapled decking. on your commander. And yeah. it's activated instant speed. Like, it's it's so good. It's great. The only thing that I find in this deck, it does fail to get the game ended. Mm. Um, like, it closing it out, It like, you know, you know what it's like with Aristocrats decks. It's mm. like this slow burn. Yeah. That, like, you have to have the the big blowout play to win. I mean, mm. I put a Gary in the deck just to try and help the deck along. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a really fun deck to pilot. I'm just trying to maybe improve my play style about winning with it. Yeah. Because I think I've won probably like maybe 10% of the games, 15% of the games right. it's played. Might just need a couple more win cons or some mm. more consolidated lines or something. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Verdict. Since finding the actual good amount of each strategy to include in the deck, it's become so much more fun to play. Ensuring cards get benefit from both routes was the key. So every card I put in has to kind of link to one of the routes. And when there's plenty to do at instant speed, it fits my playstyle, even if the mechanics don't necessarily feel like it. It's a fun deck. It's a fun deck. I think um, I think I remember... Yeah. No, I know where I'm putting it. Definitely. Yeah? Yeah. Right. I think I've got... Yeah, it's a tr- okay. It's a t- no, it's a, it's a tough tricky one. one. It's, it's, tough it's one. one that I've been playing a lot recently, so it's hard to know exactly where yeah. it goes. Yep, definitely. Uh, next deck. Now we're fully moving out of your colors. Yes, we're full on moving <laughs> away from my colors now to everything that I hate about magic. <laughs> Mono green. Uh, this is my Iula Queen Among Bears deck. Yep. This is my two drop two two uh, a bear, obviously uh-huh. that reads: Whenever a bear enters the battlefield under your control, either put two plus one counters on a target bear, or a target bear fights up to another target creature. It's very. It's doing green things. It's playing bears, and the bears are getting bigger, or the bears are fighting. Yes. That is it. So, what does the deck want to do? It wants to bears. Yeah. It wants to do bears. It's a very simple deck. Two key cards to give you an idea of what this deck does. Uh, Grizzly Bears <laughs> is a one and a green for a two-two. It's a bear. Are you waiting for other text? Because there, there isn't is any. There is flavor text yeah. on the card. Uh, but that's the kind of card level I'm running in this deck. <laughs> and then, of course, like uh, the win con of the deck is like an overwhelming stampede yeah. kind of effect. Like put a bunch of plus one counters on bears. Make those bears swole, swing out with bears, yep. kill everyone. The banger card that I've chosen is fucking wildly good. I love for, this card. I'm I actually, think it's amazing. I'm going to get it up because um, I actually want to read this word for word because I think this card is just amazing in for this For reference, deck. this is one of the only non-bear creature type creatures in the deck and it's that good that it doesn't matter. I think the other one is maybe Beast Whisperer and that's it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, for five green and a green, you get a dragon. I know, not flavorful at all. But listen to this. It's a 4-5 with flying, and when it enters the battlefield, you can have it fight target creature you don't control. When a creature you control fights, put two plus one counters on it at the beginning of the next end step. So, this basically makes it so that when you do the bear ETB fight something, you also get the other line of text of putting counters on stuff. It basically makes Ayula do both things. It's kind of Panharmonicon in this deck. Which I do. On a 5 5 flyer. <laughs> I, I do run Panharmonicon, but like. Oh, the card's called Faux Razor Regent, by the way. Oh, I yeah. Don't, I don't think we said that. Did we not say that? No. Faux Razor Regent. Faux Razor Regent. The card cool. is nuts. Yeah. It's insane. Um, what's this deck like to play against? Other than trying to resist the urge not to kill the cute bear cub that appears on my board. I love the art on the cards in this deck. 
<laughs> I do have um, some incredible uh, choices for this deck. Bears are cute. Um, <laughs> that's most of it. No, look, it's um, it's a pretty linear deck. It's, it reminds me of my mono green deck in that. Like, it's pretty good at doing the thing that it is trying to do, but it's so sensitive to removal that, like, I've seen you, like, develop really quickly and have, like, a solid board, and then someone board wipes, and it's like, how am I ever getting out of this? Like, I will now cast, after this epic board wipe, a Grizzly Bears. Yes, and then a Eula, and that's yeah. about it. Um, yeah, it's a it's a very fun deck to look at, Um but it's, yeah, it, it looks like it can be, you know, brain shut off kind of gameplay, which can be good sometimes, yeah. but isn't necessarily what you're always drawn towards. Well, this is exactly what I put down for my notes for this deck. I actually put, it's my no think deck. Okay. Uh, this is just my, just my go-to, like, I don't want to think about playing commander. This deck pilots itself. I yep. just cast things on curve, make some very small choices about fighting and removing the big threat. Yeah. I guess it allows me to get a little bit of thinking with that, but it's very simple to understand it's a very linear thing and this is why it's probably my go-to for new players when i'm playing Mm. against people that have not played commander before you can see what the deck's trying to do and i think for new players it's good to be able to understand what you're doing so they know what to do themselves yeah and like what the threat is on my board yeah it's it's a big bear clearly it's the biggest bear or it's my commander that's giving my bears all the power yeah definitely I would say it's very out of my play style. Um, Like, just going wide and making creatures big and swinging is, like, too straightforward for me. (laughs) I need some other hoops to jump through. But I do enjoy it. I genuinely like it. Um, The verdict is I don't play this deck an awful lot, but when I do, it's hard not to smile while playing it. Mono green is definitely not my played style, but it's hard not... It's hard... Sorry. Screwing us up majorly. <laughs> but it's not hard or challenging for me to play reasonably well. Plus, I get to play Golden Bear and Yay, make Walt swoon. Golden Bear. <laughs> so four S-tier. mana four three. S tier for it. Golden Bears, and that's the only is reason. It, is it only S tier because of Golden, Golden Bear. Bear? Golden Bear is S tier, a Yule Queen Among Bears. F. F tier. Um, All right. Yeah. Okay, that was a hard one to choose. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't S tier, unfortunately. Tough. No, I didn't think it would be. Moving up the power level a, a little lot. bit, um, <laughs> we're moving on to my Demir, one of my Demir decks, Yuriko, mm-hmm. uh, Tiger's Shadow. Yeah. If you have been living under a rock and have no idea what this <laughs> commander does, it's a three mana, one three with Commander Ninjutsu for a blue and a black, which means if you have an unblocked creature, uh, you can return that unblocked creature to your hand and replace it with this creature tapped and attacking that player. Yep. Uh, there is another line of text on this card that says whenever a ninja deals damage to an opponent, reveal the top card of your library and each opponent, each opponent, loses life equal to the mana value of the card. It's busted. And your deck is no exception uh, to the usual Yuriko trend of like, how do I ever answer this thing that never pays command attacks and always domes me for 10? Yeah, I built this in lockdown and thought I was super cool. Uh, and now everyone and their friggin' dog has got a Yuriko deck. I mean, you could have checked EDH rec at the time and been like, oh. There's like 5 <laughs> top, million decks. Top Demir decks. Yeah. Yuriko, number one. <laughs> yeah. Look, I mean, the play pattern is is pretty simple, right? It's yeah. get an unblockable creature down, swing, get Yuriko in, manipulate the top of your library, reveal big spell, repeat. It's not uninteresting, though. It's, a, it's No. There are still lines and the lines are cool. And the manipulating the top of the library is yeah. fun. Like, you have to think about, like, 
I'm going to, what am I valuing about putting the card into? Because the card you reveal with Yuriko goes into your hand as well. Mm. So sometimes you have to think, yeah. yeah, So then you have to think of like, oh, it's a cheap removal spell, but do I really need that removal spell right now? Mm. Or should I try and dig for a bigger thing to reveal? Yeah. It's, look, everyone knows what Yuriko is. Two key cards to show you what the deck does. Ginger Brute. Yep, this uh, is the absolute best turn one play in the deck because it means turn two you're getting Yuriko and you're hitting someone with it. Yep, uh, and guaranteed uh, if you go on uh, Multanun's channel, uh, one of the hosts over there will claim that this is the best one drop in the game. It's like the whole shtick. Um, Old words. Uh, and the other uh, card to show you how the manipulation of the top of library happens is Sensei's Divining Top. Yep. Uh, the one drop where you can pay one uh, to look at the top three and put them back in any order. Mm-hmm. Also tap it to draw a card and put Sensei's on top of library. You're never doing that. You're never willingly doming someone for one. Unless, um, I, unless, unless you someone, need something. The other thing is unless someone tries to remove Sensei's top, this thing protects itself. That's true. You can respond by just putting it to the top of library yeah. where it can't be killed. Very hard to deal with that. Now, the banger card in this deck is a bit of a weird one, and I don't see it in many Yuriko lists. It's Trickery Charm. Mm. Uh, This card has a lot of text on it. This is played in CEDH Yuriko, to give you an idea of how powerful it is in Yuriko specifically. Yeah, I don't see it a lot in casual... Yes. Like decks, but in. Look, it's your... a very old card. I think people just yes. aren't aware of it, I mean, but if they were, they from? should play it. It's like. Onslaught. Yeah. yeah. Ages old. Very, yeah. very old card. Well, it's a blue instant, mm-hmm. one blue. Uh, and you can choose one. Target creature gains flying to lend a turn. Get Yuriko through. Mm-hmm. Target creature becomes the creature type of your choice until lend a turn. Make Ginger Brute a ninja. Exactly. Ninja Brute. Look at the top four cards of your library and then put them back in any order. It... This card does everything. This card was, like, made for Yuriko. It literally, every single one of those modes is extremely relevant for a Yuriko deck, and it costs a blue and is an instant. Like, you just, you can't ask for more in a Yuriko card. It, Actually, that's not true. It could say, this spell costs 11 mana more to cast. Sorry, it could be, cost 11 in a blue, and it costs 11 less if it's your turn. <laughs> In which case, then it would also dome people for 12 when you reveal it off the top. It's the only way it could be better for a Yuriko deck. I've got a permanent marker. I'm pretty good at altering <laughs> cards. Just put a 12 hey guys, in like, a little circle. I've got this one proxy in the deck. Um, it's definitely exactly what the card normally has on it. Don't worry about it. It's, uh, it's from Onslaught. You wouldn't know yeah. it. <laughs> I don't remember that card. Yeah. Don't look it up. <laughs> so, like, you've played against this a lot and you've seen uh-huh. it grow in power. Is it... I'm worried it's at the point now where it's like a level nine deck. I know we don't use the number system, but it's like at that level where it's like too powerful for casual pods, mm. not good enough for CDH. Look, I'm... Even bi- though Yuriko is incredible in CDH. I, I think it's important for me to note that I'm biased in this kind of a discussion because I just straight up don't play in that power level. Like yeah. my decks go uh, very, very low casual to mid-ish, slightly high casual, and then they jump to CDH. I just have this complete absence in my decks of high-powered decks because they just there's not really very many play styles or ways of building decks that let me be in that zone. Yeah, and you just don't enjoy that. Pod. It's just not where I want to be. If, yeah. if I want a high-powered game, I'm happy with a CDH game. Otherwise, I just love mid to low-powered commander. It's just where I live and it's where I love playing and so yeah like myself i don't see this deck very often Mm. if you only ever played with me i would probably be like yeah maybe it's time to say goodbye to this deck but like you there's so many people out there who play at a high power like you know even at command fests and stuff yeah it's good when someone's like oh i have this like um budget winota deck 
you can be like, okay, it's a Yuriko game. Yeah. <laughs> Even Budget Winoder is terrible. Yeah, or I'm playing like, yeah, this like borderline CDH because it's got fast manner and shooters. Yeah, yeah. And like there is infinite combos in it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's look, it's extremely hard to stop this deck. Um, mm. I have probably beaten it like I could count on one hand the number of you times reckon? I've won I've against had this the Yuriko deck for a good few uh, years. I now. guess I guess the early Yuriko ga- games when the deck didn't have that many like busted cards in it, maybe I was more likely to win. But yeah, it, look, it, it's it's not an unfun deck to play against. I just don't see it very often because it's very rare that I'm playing a deck that is good against it. Yeah, I would say that this deck for me is fitting that category of it plays the same every time. Uh, and that's what a good powered deck is. If something's high powered, it should be playing the same every time. Yeah, that's it's consistent, what, right? That's what consistency is, yeah. right? You want it to do that. That's like the dream. I would say it's got interesting lines, but they're situational. I think that just because of the nature of the commander, everyone knows what it does. You become arch enemy so quickly. So it's hard for me to want to play it. Mm. I don't want a game where just revealing what commander I'm playing means I'm the enemy. Do you know and what I mean? That's Yuriko. That's Yuriko. Yeah, and you can't avoid that. You can't avoid it. Well, the verdict for this deck, doming the table for 16 each, there is no better feeling. But with a commander that is capable of doing that by turn two, it's not unreasonable when you become the number one player to remove. Yep. I I do love Yuriko and I have an affinity for it. It's Mm -hmm. just not a deck that I'm reaching for all the time. Mm. I actually, while you were talking, I put it in a tier. And you're going to move it? And I'm moving it down. Okay. Respect. No. It's rough. I I see where you're coming from. Um, next deck, <laughs> we keep on talking about colors, like there are almost any decks besides Ayula that are not your colors. It's just like, and now we move into, um... Another blue variation yeah. of deck. <laughs> and now we're in Grixis Light. It's Jeskai! <laughs> With Savine the Chronoclasm. This deck is awesome. This was one of the decks I built, uh, just last year, mm. um, of like... One of my big projects that I spent a good amount of time thinking about how this deck works. You what drafted it's this more times than I've seen you draft a deck in a long time. Well, it was it's a bit of a sentimental one for me. This was the first pre-con I ever bought. Yeah. I mean, the Chronoclasm deck. So I wanted to revisit the Commando properly. Like, yeah. make it good. Well, you'd... Because you'd played... Like, the earliest games of Commander I played against you, you had swapped it for Elsha the Infinite. Yes. Which is um, the one where you can cast sorceries from the top of library. Sorceries, instance, and... Artifacts from the top of yes. your library at instant speed. Yeah. Um, and then I think she's got prowess as well, or something like that. But mostly it's like a f- mm. sort of combo-y top deck kind of deck. Um, but yeah, Savine is interesting. It's a cool deck. There is a um a line of text which a lot of people don't read on it, which is prevent all damage that would be dealt to him. Yep. So good at blocking. Oh yeah. It's, it's uh, uh, we should let everyone know. So it's five yeah. mana creature for two generic white blue red. So Jeskai. And it's a two two. It's a two two. Bring all damage that would be dealt to Savine the Chronoclasm, and whenever you cast your first instant or sorcery card from a graveyard each turn copy it and that is enough of a reason to run this as your commander yeah because there are so many cards with flashback and retrace and all of that stuff that you can just get so much value from but the actual win con is actually making little bodies from you know the monastery mentor type effects where it's whenever you cast a non-creature or instant or sorcery make a dude monastery calling monastery mentor little dudes is a bit misleading when they correct they're probably the best i mean like young pyromancer 
is a yep. version of this, but Monastery Mentor is the best version of yep. this effect. Yeah. And then, like, yeah, the whole point is to get those mini creatures swole and kill people. Yep. So Monastery Mentor being a key card. Faithful Mending is a good example of a card that has great flashback. Mm. The Wincon kind of card, the card that makes it work, the Pauper Wincon for Boros Bully, <laughs> Rally the Peasants. Yep, this is the card for two and a white. It's an instant that says creatures you control get plus two, plus oh until end of turn, but it flashes back for two and a red. Does the same thing again. So in a Savine deck, you can, at instant speed, you can be attacking with like, you know, three two twos, and then you can go... Uh, cast Rally the Peasants, flashback Rally the Peasants, it's copied. All your creatures get plus six, plus O until end of turn. In other words, you're dead, You're buddy. dead, <laughs> you're dead. Especially with Monastery Mentor when they're also getting yeah. bigger from that. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. insane. The banger choice of this deck might surprise you actually because there's a couple of amazing cards in this deck, but the one I chose was Mind Splice Apparatus. This card I have seen in your winning board state maybe more often than any other. I think it's been in all of them. Really? I, I genuinely think people wow. do not realize how strong this card is. For reference, it's a four mana artifact, three and a blue. Uh, it's casting costs. Mm-hmm. It's it got flash. Ha- has flash for some reason. <laughs> I know, right? It says at the beginning of your upkeep, put an oil counter on it. Instant and sorceries cost one generic mana less for each oil counter on Mind Splice Apparatus. So absolute floor is on the end step before James's turn. He plays four, flashes in Mind Splice Apparatus, moves to his turn, upkeep, remove a counter. All his spells cost one less this turn. If it sticks around any turn after that, they just get cheaper and cheaper. Two oil counters, two less mana. Three oil counters, three less mana. Suddenly it's like Sublime Epiphany is counter spell with upside. Yes, <laughs> and that, that, that's the reason why people don't notice that this is a problem until it's being a problem is because you can't see the instants and sorceries in my hand. You can see the ones in my graveyard and Mm. please opponents, please look at them. They're good. This card is such a sleeper. No one is removing this because people are like, it's just ramp. It's Mm. I'm not going to remove someone's ramp. Remove this one. Yeah. Oh my God. This card is insane. Once you get like two, three oil counters on this thing, you are like chaining spells you shouldn't be allowed to chain. Definitely. It's insanity. It definitely is. Um, to play against this deck, I th- <laughs> this is what your Niv-Mizzet Perun deck would look like if you had never uh, made it a CDH deck. <laughs> yeah, okay. This spell is, slinger. It's you doing stuff. spell slinger answery sort of things. Um, playing a lot of instant speed, playing a lot of spell slinger kind of cards. It's fun. It's it's fair. There's none of the like really, really um, yawn inducing <laughs> spell slinger cards in here like um, Aetherflux Reservoir or anything like yeah. that. It's just mostly doing spell slinger things in a fair way. It does like you can't build a spell slinger deck that doesn't occasionally take extremely long turns. I yeah. don't think it can be done. So that's probably the main downside I would point out is that like, it can happen, but you're very good at like playing through your triggers as fast as you possibly can and getting to a point of going like i think i win here's how i win do you want to concede so i don't have to spend another 10 minutes here (laughs) i'm really glad you said that i'm good at that because i am after we did our mental upkeep episode Mm. i am actually thinking of removing a couple of the cards that have whenever you cast instant or sorcery do without do the thing that's fair um the verdict of this deck is exactly what you said basically this deck is exactly what i believe a spell slinger deck should be Mm -hmm. the deck perfectly lands in the space of storming as much as i want it to but 
as much as I want it to, not as much as it wants. <laughs> I choose when to stop strategically. It's a perfect reflection of how I like to play in a very proactive way, very contrary to Liesa. Yep, this is probably the anti-Liesa deck. Yeah, this is so the opposite. God, yep. could you imagine playing this in uh, against Liesa? Liesa? Yeah, this I mean, would be horrible. I can remember what it was like because it's almost identical to when I used to play my. Um, Ah, oh, what's his name? The Azorius monk that... Um, oh, Ojutai Master. Oh, yeah, Tygam. the rebound one. Yeah, deck. that was a sick deck. Whenever you pulled out the Acer, I was like, swapping decks. Not playing that. <laughs> Not God, playing no. Tygam. Giving me ten a 20 spell clock on my game. It's like, okay, I have a turn. <laughs> All right, being mindful of time. We've yes. already been talking for an hour. Let's do one sure. more and then have a little Kit Kat, shall yep, we? Yep, that sounds good. Moving on to another variation of blue. It's Demir again. Let's not be shocked at the color identity nope. of my decks. It's Scarab God. Yay. This is a zombies deck. Woo. At the beginning of your upkeep, Scarab God will deal... I don't think he... Each opponent loses X life where X is the amount of zombies you control. Yep. It also has a phenomenal activated ability of pay two blue and a black and exile the target creature card from a graveyard make a 4-4 zombie token copy of it it's awesome you've actually this card has so much text on it it does that when it dies it goes to your hand thing yeah that the other gods do you also missed that you scry the number of cards you yeah have that's another line of text on this control. card doesn't it oh my lord it's an absolute value train where once you have mana and you have scarab god it's just like you're, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> this deck, is, I mean, again, an activated ability on a commander. So underrated. Yeah. I love these cards. Um, the deck basically wants to do exactly what the commander tells it to do. Make zombies. Cheat out massive threats by digging up graves. Give yourself multiple upkeeps to drain out opponents. That's like the whole deck. Yep. It's really good fun. To give you an idea of the kind of key cards in this deck, Noosegraph Mob is one that I reanimate a lot. This is a mm. six mana creature that enters the battlefield with five counters on it. Whenever a player casts a spell, remove a counter, make a 2-2 two -two zombie. Yep. This deck, this this card is so good for this deck because it populates your zombies. It It's also a card that usually when it's like not a 4-4 token copy of it, it will die because it's a 0-0 zero -zero when mm -hmm. its last plus one counter is removed. Then you can reanimate it again with yeah. Scarab God and keep going. And then also when you can remove the last counters from the Scarab God copy, its base power is 4-4 four -four now, so it just sticks around. Yep, doesn't die anymore. It's like made for Scarab God in the same way that Trickery Charm was made for Yuriko. Yeah. Uh, Necro Duality is another one that I really like in this yep. deck. This it's is one that just like makes a copy. Oh no, you sacrifice a creature and make two copies of it. That's Clever Scarab. That's oh. from the same set as Necro Duality, but oh. this one is an enchantment oh. that says whenever a non-token zombie enters, you make a token copy of That's it. That's right. Yeah. This is the from the zombie precon yeah. card. Yeah. Just yeah. imagine resolving Gary because that Gary is a zombie. It's so good. Um, imagining resolving Gary is enough for me. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> two Garys. I uh, two uh, Gary. uh, uh. Um, I would be shocked if uh, some of our regular listeners in playgroup can't guess my favorite card in this yeah, deck. Yeah, the banger, banger card. Sphinx of the Second Sun. So good. This card is like one of my all-time favorite cards. Probably my biggest pet card. Uh, it is a six mana. Eight mana. Oh, yeah, it's six blue blue, isn't yep. it? Yeah. It's so rare that I actually cast nope, it for its never mana cost. Um, it's a 4-4 four, four with flying? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter because it's usually a 4-4 four, four token copy anyway. Yep. It has flying. The main line of text is so complicated to explain. But essentially, 
at the beginning of your post-combat main phase. Mm-hmm. So you've gone through combat, you're moving to your second main. You put a delayed trigger on the stack that says after this main phase, you get an additional beginning phase. So the beginning phase, of course, is the phase of the turn that contains the steps... Untap, Untap, upkeep, draw. So you Imagine get, doing that twice. Yeah. It's basically splendid reclamation with upside. For those who don't know, oh. this is the enchantment that says in your end step, untap all your lands. This is better than that because it says basically in your end step because it's the end of your second main. Get another little turn. Yep. Untap, upkeep, triggers happen, including Scarab, Scarab God, God, very notably. Upkeep trigger, yep. And then draw a card just for good measure. The, the, the ultimate, like... Um, one you want here obviously is to not ever pay the casting cost of this card and just pay four and get this on the battlefield and basically double all your Scarab God triggers and draw an extra card every turn on a 4-4 with flying like you just can't go wrong with that I love this card so much it's so cool I love this card so much it's the perfect deck for it so uh, you've played against this deck for years now Mm because I built this this was one of the first decks I built in our share house back in lockdown. Yeah, it's probably like one of the fourth or fifth decks you've built yeah, ever. Really? And it's still here, it's still kicking. Yep. Um I I like playing against this deck. I think it's fun. I think I like that I can look at your graveyard and everyone's graveyard and go like, okay, I think I know what James's plan is here. <laughs> it's good to be able to work that out. Not always a possibility with some of your decks. Um, you definitely don't want to play a graveyard deck against this. I used to pull out Marin way oh, back when. Oh yeah, that was also, annoying. Also around me. And it was just like, okay, anything I want to reanimate, James can just leave out mana and go, nope, I'll have that. And it's yeah. like, not only does it blank my card, but it, you nick it. Not a good time. Um, I like this deck. It's not like my absolute favorite of yours, but I don't dislike it either. It's just kind of fine. Interesting. I personally love playing this deck. Yeah. I think I don't play. I think I've accidentally made it a little bit too powerful over the days and it's it's Maybe. becoming a little bit too synergized. I know I have a, quite a few tutors in this deck now. So tutors put like, you know, Buried Alive. I do feel like I always know what I'm getting with Buried Alive. Yeah. Um, you know, it's either a selfish play with Sphinx of the Second Sun or a spiteful play with Sheldred. Like, yeah. it's it's one of those two lines. But I love a deck that can just hold up mana and pump it into an activated ability as a sink or yeah. respond to stuff. And I do think that this is one of my slower burn decks. Like, by slower burn, I mean I don't explode in a single turn. No. I can do, but even if I reanimate a Sphinx of the Second Sun, there are other things that I need to sort out on my board state before I'm in a winning position. Yeah, you probably need the new scrap mob first, right? Yeah. To have a bunch of zombies so that when you get the Sphinx of the Second Sun, you're draining people for a lot and yeah. Exactly. I do like a deck that can fly under the radar like this. Yep. Uh, the verdict is I think this deck needs a fresh coat of paint. Mm. Uh, I don't think it sees as much play as it should as I've grown a little bit bored of always tutoring the same three creatures with Buried Alive. Yeah. But the last update that this deck was given was Midnight Hunt. Oh, it's been a while. It's been a while. That's 2021? Yeah. Whoa. And like March of 2021. Far out. Okay. This this is, yeah, very much in need of a a refresh. Yeah, the overhaul. But look, every time I play it, I have a blast with it. Cool. Um, I reckon we should take a thrifty interlude. It's just like a Kit Kat, but with inflation, that Kit Kat now costs more than this card. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, we've got lots of to cover, of course. We've got seven more decks to talk about. But before that, we're going to hear a little something about a thrifty card. And as a tradition, I'll be performing a monologue. And this week, the card is brought to life in monologue form from the perspective of someone in the card. Uh... 
or kind of near the card, I might say. It's a bit of a weird one. Uh, do you want to read the card that I'm featuring this week, James? Sure. Terrifying, because it's Diagraph Rebirth. Yep. Terrified who's going to be talking here. For three black and a green, you get a sorcery that says this spell costs one generic less for each creature that died this turn. Return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. But wait, there's more. Flashback. Five black green. <gasps> oh, I breathe the air again. How long has it been? I see the mountain is still here, and the moon, and the trees. Wait, there were more trees there upon my last awakening, I am sure of it. It was less windy as a result. A decade or two, no more than three. How I long for my eternal rest. For the living perhaps a lifetime before a necromancer returns to these lands again. But for I mere seconds. Always they cry of true purpose and the end of mortal bounds. But in the end they all return to the same deep dark place as I. Though none dare wake them from their rest. Ah, I see this latest sorcerer is upon the verge of defeat. Yes, I feel it on the wind. Ah. The animating powers are fading. Sleep at last for my weary soul. Oh, come now, what use am I? I am nothing but ribs and hair. Get Okay, I get it. Someone near the card. It's the creature. Yes. It's the creature that's getting yes. reanimated over and over again. <laughs> it's the guy who's subjected to the diagraph rebirth. You know what? Yeah. No one ever thinks about the effect on reanimation spells right? on, the, on the the soul of a creature. Grey Merchant of Asphodel is my canon canon <laughs> character right there. He's like, for God's sake, leave me alone! I've died so many times. <laughs> Let me die. Let me die. This card though. It's so sick. It, I, I mean, mean like, if forget. you're in the right deck, yeah. the flashback is like the flashback cost can be reduced by the first ability on that card as well. Hundred percent. It's so strong. If so you're in the right be, deck, like, like especially on the if it's the same turn, if you've got the four mana, like black and a green, yeah. and five creatures have died, this can be black green return something from your graveyard to the battlefield. Black green return something else. Yeah, it can Pay also... Pay four mana, get two things back. It's well, sick. I mean, think about it with the Gary explanation. It's mm. cast Gary. If enough creatures have died, sack Gary, reanimate him, yeah. sack Gary, reanimate him again. Yeah, straight up. This, If you're in the right deck, if you're in a like a Golgari, like aristocracy type thing where you can make a lot of creatures die... Most Marin decks... Oh yeah, true. This Most is, Marin decks are so happy to this see this. This is in your Marin deck, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. This Big time. Good deck. So sick. Um, you can see those in text form every Thursday in the Greensboro Commander Community Discord server, which is linked in the show notes in the Thrifty Thursdays channel. So check those out. All right. We've done more than half, but we've still got seven, seven. to go. <laughs> it's going to be a long one, but we're here for a good time and a long time. And of course, at the end, we're going to work out which decks are going to get cut. This is going to be sick. It's terrifying. What are you talking about? <laughs> All right. Uh, sick for me. We're back in Is It. Okay. Uh, we're also back in Niv Miz. Correct. We started <laughs> we started with Niv. After the interlude, we'll do another Niv. This time the Niv that doesn't go infinite with no. curiosity and definitely is not CDH. Niv Mizzet Draco Genius. Mm. Um, this is the one where it's whenever Niv Mizzet deals damage to a player, you draw a card. Mm-hmm. And it has a blue and a red activated ability um, that just 
pings one damage. Mm-hmm. It also is easier to cast, right? Rather than be blue, blue, two, blue, red, 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 yeah. it's too generic, blue, blue, red, red. Yes. Which still tough, but still huge. feasible. <laughs> but look, this is, in terms of what this deck wants to do, it's just meant to be the reflection of the true is it mages, Niv Mizzet and me. <laughs> I bought this, I made this deck because I was just like, I want a deck that is like a bit of a gag and like just is playing all the cards that I think are quintessentially James feeling. It's also kind of like your way of making, it's sort of like, you know, Niv Mizzet Perun became your CDH deck. Yeah. And so this is like your way of playing a lot of the cards that were in the original yeah. Niv Mizzet Perun deck, but aren't playable anymore. Right? Yeah, like Thousand Year Storm. Yeah, you're not playing that in. Uh, no one's playing that in Mizzet. CDH. Nah. That's a ridiculous card, but like that's one of the key cards that get it off. So like it copies a bunch of instants and sorcery spells mm-hmm. for each instant and sorcery cards you've cast before. Yeah, and then cards like Gutter Snipe. Yep. Kind of get that game to the end. Cast in some sorcery spell, deals two to each opponent. The other thing about this deck is it does contain every Niv Mizzet that is legal in the deck. Um, and one illegal one. Which is the banger for this episode. <laughs> uh, this deck, it's Sliv Mizzet. Of course. This is stupid. It's in there because I pulled it from a Mystery Booster convention pack. I think yeah. it was the convention series. They're expensive, these cards. I think Sliv Mizzet is worth like 30 bucks. I can believe Something that. Something like that. that. That makes sense. It's a sliver version of Niv Mizzet the Firemind. Uh-huh. It gives all slivers you control Niv Mizzet the Firemind's ability, where you can tap it to draw a card, and whenever you draw a card, it deals a damage to any target. It's... It's busted Stupid. powerful. It's like busted it's, powerful, it's but very there, good. there isn't another sliver in the deck, so it's not <laughs> actually that it's good. Not it's that good. just Niv Mizzet, the and other funny. coming. Um, that's a bit of a silly one, so I do want to shout out an actual good card in this deck. Okay. Mass Diminish. I oh, used to yeah. run this in my Niv Mizzet Perun deck way back in the day. If you mm. don't know, it's one and a blue. All creatures target opponent control gain base power 1-1. One, one. Yep. And if you've got a deck full of Niv Mizzets, which this deck has got a full mm-hmm. of Niv Mizzets, and a bunch of pingers, just like Thermo Alchemist, yep. that kind of stuff, yep. uh, you kill every creature on the battlefield very yep. quickly. This spell also has flashback. It also used to kill every creature on the battlefield on the Niv Mizzet deck as well. Yeah. It's very good. It's very strong. What well, This deck is a joke, though. Like, Yeah, I, like, I'm supposed to say what I think of the deck by having played against it. I think I've played against it once, so I don't even feel qualified to comment on the deck. Um, you don't play it, full stop. Like, yeah. There are decks where I'm like... I don't see this deck because I want to be clear that it's possible you're playing this in pods that I'm not in. Like hype but, out like Yuriko. Like, like Yuriko, you don't see yeah. Yuriko I don't see Yuriko. Because... You might still be playing Yuriko. Yeah. Um, no, I will definitively say you don't play this deck. I, there's reasons for it. I, I, look, this deck is funny um, and it, it it is synergistic when it, when it gets synergistic. Yeah. But 90% of the time it's just like irrelevant sorcery spell that doesn't affect irrelevant mm. you know pinger that will tap once to ping one damage yeah i'm running a, i'm running one card that's like geo goblin or something it's like a it's like a goblin in the steam vents of ravnica and it's it taps to deal one damage at random to any target <laughs> and i'm like why am I running this card? <laughs> this is just silly. It's got the is it vibe, which is kind of the main thing for this deck. Yeah, right? and I think it untaps whenever you cast an instant or sorcery. So the okay. idea is there's a Thermo Alchemist <laughs> sub thing. It's stupid. If Thermo Alchemist was instead bad. <laughs> I mean, look, once you get like three Niv-Mizzets on field, you're cooking with gas. But yes. like if you resolve three Niv-Mizzets... 
you should win the game. Good like, stuff. You had yeah. 18 mana. Yeah. Most cr- decks can spend 18 mana to win. <laughs> I mean, I put a Lotus Bloom in this deck just to make sure I can cast. Yeah. It's a bad yeah. spell. Yeah. Um, as a verdict, I genuinely can't remember the last time I played this deck. Genuinely. Yep. It's a funny joke. I'm the Is It player and this deck uh, is the, the, the Is It deck. But it just makes me cringe a bit. It was designed specifically to go against new players as an intro of how I play. But I never play it just because it bores me, which is really ironic. Especially given it's supposed to represent the way you play, but you don't want to play it. Yeah, It just doesn't. Definitely. Yeah. So this one's obviously an ass, right? Top tier. This is unbelievable. (laughs) This is... It's in the colors, man. Anything that has red and blue is S+. plus tier. It's a star tier. Nice. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) Moving on to another variation of blue. Yes. Um, We're going with one of my partner commander decks, which is Ukima Stalking Shadow and Kazur Ruthless Stalker. We're in Stompy Demir now. (laughs) Yeah, which I have another Stompy uh, Demir Demir deck as well. Oh, that one I would call um, uh, Dark Gruul. Dark Gruul. Not Dark Gruul. It's not got red in it. No, I would call it um, Dark Simic. <laughs> Dark, Dark Simic actually works Dark really Simic. well. There, there are probably two types of Soltai deck. There is Dark Simic and there is Green uh, Green Demir. <laughs> this is Green Demir. This is Green Demir, sure. yeah. So if you don't know, Ukima uh, is a whale wolf, best creature type on the planet. Uh-huh. Uh, she is completely unblockable. That's just on the card. She can't yep. be blocked. She's a 2-2. She costs three mana. And Kazar says whenever a creature deals combat damage to a player, put a plus one counter on it. The key part of this deck, though, is Ukima's second line of rules text, which is whenever she leaves the battlefield, note, leaves, not dies, mm. you will drain an opponent where you they lose X life and you gain X life equal to Ukima's power. Mm. So the whole point of this deck... I mean, I'm going to shout out the name of the deck's uh, the deck name on Moxfield because mm-hmm. I think it perfectly encapsulates what it is. It's a life gain, life drain slash Voltron slash unblockable slash plus one counters slash graveyard <laughs> shenanigans slash reanimation slash gun to your head dot deck. Yep, that perfectly encapsulates that it. <laughs> but basically, the whole idea is to like use Ukima's ability where she can leave the battlefield to like kind of keep yourself in the game and react at certain points and grow it's weird to give you an idea the card the cards that i run in this deck are cards like bone splinter a one generic artifact equipment that is two to equip and gives plus two plus oh yeah i just want to get Ukima's oh, bone splitter bone splitter that's yeah, right. yeah yeah did i say bone splinter yes Still hurts. Um, <laughs> Would. Maybe more. That's the whole point of the deck. And then yeah. you use cards like Crystal Shard, mm. which is you pay a blue and tap it. Oh, no, you pay two hey. and tap it and return target creature to in its owner's hand unless they play pay three generic or a blue. That's right. So the idea is you're not bouncing other people's stuff with Crystal your Shard. Stuff. You're yeah. bouncing Ukima. Yeah. So the whole idea is like... This Voltron strategy where you're growing Ukima with Kazar's ability to inevitably bounce it to your hand or sacrifice it into the graveyard, reanimate it later to drain the table and win through that way. Yep. The banger card, hard to pick. I'm going to rattle off a couple. Run away together, mm. bounce Ukima and another thing. Demonic Embrace is a three encha- a three cost enchantment aura that buffs Ukima by three and can be cast from the graveyard. 
perfect for uh, bouncing Akuma to your hand and then casting it back again when you put Akuma back on the battlefield. Amazing. Very Tend cool. the pests. Yep. Sacrifices Akuma. Mates a bunch of 1-1 pests equal mm-hmm. to her power. Yep. Mystic Confluence. The old Sublime Epiphany. Yep. Sublime Epiphany at home. Yep. Uh, but my actual best pick of this deck is probably the stupidest card Vorpal Sword. Oh, yeah. This is the one you pay five black, black, black. It's an equipment. And then when the, ne- the next time the creature does come and don't show a player this turn, they lose the game. It's also black, black as an equip cost. And it costs black to cast. So this is not coming down and equipping and dealing the thing in a single turn. Because not, not only is it like, not, it's 11 mana and five of it has to be black. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you're going to see this coming. Uh, this deck is whack, but what is it like to play against? Because I've I've definitely done the, oh, I can bounce Ukimu at instant speed. Yeah. and I'm holding up like 30 damage. <laughs> I like this deck a lot. I think it's really interesting. I think this is the way... This is like... We've talked about this before, but like you can build a strategy that doesn't fit your game plan if you build it in a way that is your play style. You know what I mean? Like mm. you can make something your play style if you build it right. I guess like Voltron is not the way I play. No, and actually like these days it's not the way I play either. The yeah. way that I tend to, to go Voltron is I turn it into go wide. You know, my Mowu deck is like yeah. a plus one counters deck where Mowu happens to get big sometimes. Even your Seguin deck is Seguin specifically deck is go designed wide. to go wide. My yeah. Estrid Enchantress deck tries to put a bunch of counters on something but not my commander. My commander is mm-hmm. a planeswalker. Like that's how, how I do it. You've gone about building Voltron as the I have an answer. I've got a weird out. I'm going to drain you politics kind yeah. of thing. It's, it's fun. I like it a lot. I think... For me, the thing I'd like to see from this deck is an upgrade. Yeah. I think, I think you could, you know, spend like even like 20 or 30 bucks and just do a little bit of an overhaul and this deck would become a lot more consistent. Because at the moment, if I think it gets the, mana the right base card, is a bit lacking in this deck. The mana base is lacking for a three color deck. And I think there's just a couple of like weird picks. You build this out of your collection, admittedly. Like, yes. Totally fair. It's great for that, with that in mind. But you could make it so much better so easily, I think. I love this deck just because it's so weird. Yeah. Like, it's trying to do so many things at so many different points. It's like you could flip a coin or even roll a dice to choose what kind of strategy you want to go down. Um, And I love knowing that there's like a secret way that my opponents are unaware of that I can instantly populate my board or Mm. instantly drain someone for 10 life or even just hold up a bunch of mana to do something else on end step. It's just a great deck. It's fun. I like um, it a lot. The verdict. I'm glad you pointed out that it's from my own collection. The other thing is I'm genuinely really proud that this deck was built in 45 minutes out of my own collection. It was actually a challenge set by my partner. They were mm. just like, how quickly can you build a deck? And I was <laughs> like, let's find out. Um, this deck is really fun to play at lower powered tables because most of the threatening stuff is on the field. So threat assessing it is easy for my opponents, but it's so much fun to get value with just a trick up my sleeve. Yeah. It's, it's a, a fun deck. deck. I like it. Wacky. Like it a lot. All right. Um, let's move to a not fun deck. Yeah. Let's move to a deck you. that I'm sure everyone is building right now because of the mm. uh, last year's Ixalan set. And equally that I'm sure all of you have seen James play because gosh, he pulls it out every week at the game store. <laughs> You'll know if you've ever played against James, you've been like, James, please don't pull that out again. I've seen it too much recently. Can you tell he's being <laughs> satirical? Uh, this is my Gishath Sun's Avatar deck. Yeah. Yeah, believe it or not, I have a dino deck. Yep, James builds typal decks sometimes. <laughs> yeah, occasionally I really enjoyed this deck when I built it mm-hmm. um, and I don't play it a lot anymore but the what the point of the deck is is to ramp like hell and get Gishath out because Gishath has an ability 
I'm sure you all know by now with Ixalan. Yeah. Whenever Gishath deals damage to a player, reveal that many cards from the top of your library, put all dinosaurs revealed this way into play. So Gishath has Vigilance and Trample. So it's, and Haste. And Haste. So yeah, <laughs> the turn that Gishath comes down, it is extremely <laughs> unlikely that it will not get through somewhere. Yeah. I've seen you ramp out and swing this at someone with no creatures on the battlefield. And it's just like, well... Guess James gets is a seven it's a power. Seven six. Yeah. yeah. So you, you're getting seven creatures theoretically off the top. This, Not always the case. The deck is dumb. It's it it, and it's it's another one of these no think decks. Um, yeah. But look, Courtswood Crasher is one of the cards that I put as like a kind of this is what the deck's trying to do. It's the trampley thing where when it deals creatures that deal trample make tokens. Yes. Right? Well, whenever one or more creatures with trample you control yeah. deal damage to an opponent, yeah. create an XX where X is the Amount uh, of damage dealt to, to the player. Yeah. So if, if, you, if something's unblocked, you basically just make that big of a creature. Like a six six makes a six six. But if someone if you swing with a six six, they block with a three three, and your things has has trample. You make a three three because three of it tramples over the top. Yeah. Very it's cool a card. Paragraph of text, but it's actually quite intuitive to understand. It's great. I think it's in the Pantlatsa precon. I think it should be. It's, it's like very a six, good six on its own, and I it think. makes Dino specifically. Yeah, yeah. it's it's amazing. Um, the other card is like the game ender card that I wanted to point out. A Titanic Ultimator. Oh, yeah. If you're in Naya, you're going to play Titanic Ultimatum. It's fun. Creatures right? you control get plus five, plus five, mm. trample and lifelink or something crazy. Yes, I believe there's a double strike in there, oh, potentially. Okay. Or it might be first strike. I'll find it. I think it's first strike. You can look it up. Um, but the banger card that I've chosen for this deck, shout out to one of our listeners and good friend uh, of the podcast, Nick, who is the actual Naya player within our meta. Yeah. Uh, this is insanely good in Gishath. It's Congregation at Dawn. Mm. For white, white, and a green, you get an instant spell that tutors three creatures to the top of your library. In specifically Gishath, this card is insane. Oh my god, you get to like guarantee the three best hits from Gishath. Yep. With this card. Gold this is-, is going on top. Your, um, what's the one that's got enrage and fights things? Oh, that's going on yeah. top. Like- things, even just like getting a Zatalpa or something. Yeah. Like just, even oh, if you- Zatalpa. Zatalpa is great. Ridiculous. Um, Titanic Ultimate, by the way, is creatures you control. Plus five, five plus five. First strike, lifelink, and trample. So, I, yeah. knew that, I knew there was a f- strike yes. in there somewhere. It does, okay. in fact, strike. It does strike. It, ridiculous mana cost, but it's still cool. Cool card. Uh, a very, very brief shout out to a standout card in this deck, Luminous Broodmoth. Oh, yeah. Creatures die. They come back with flying counters instead. Amazing. Super underplayed. I wish I could play this deck more just for that card alone. Yep. It's fun. Maybe it'll come out and go somewhere else hint hint um i can see where your opinion is on this deck (laughs) uh playing this in a game um it is wildly inconsistent yeah unfortunately um if you don't hit dinos your deck does nothing uh and sometimes like you need to ramp so much to even get to to um gishath it's just it it's very rarely looked like fun for you basically the only times Mm. i've seen you have fun is like ramp ramp hit get a hit with gishath get all dinos off the top is like the only time soon you have fun with this deck. The rest of the time you're just like, uh, <laughs> yeah, annoyed. It's just like, I don't know. I, I think there's something to be said about like typal commanders that are just kind of straightforward. Like th- it's okay sometimes yeah. to have a, a typal deck where it's just like, no, I know what I'm doing. Like 
I think a lot of new players build Krenko. I think that's totally fine to yeah, build Krenko goblins. Yeah, Krenko, make goblins. Yeah, like Very easy to understand. It does goblin things. You can still do interesting, fun things with it. But when you've built decks for a while, I think, especially me, who's built a lot of typal decks, I want more interesting command zone effects than Gishath. Yeah. Which is just like, stompy, stompy, I get my things. Well, like, I mean, I you know. sent me a deck last night that's a goblin deck with a dragon commander. Yeah, don't, I won't say any more about that because it's probably going to get featured at some point soon. But yes, I, I think I, I finally found the commander of my goblin deck. Cracked the code. <laughs> 2024, it was one of your goals. It's true. You've done it. On the way. Um, look, this deck is probably more no-think than bears, in my yep. opinion. It's it's very just get Gishath out and swing. Mm-hmm. Um, I also find that it's like, oh, Gishath died. I'll cast Gishath. Like, there's mm. no interesting way to make the dino deck do a thing other than just slam big dinos. And yeah. to me, it's boring. Look, the verdict, truth be told, this deck is already being pulled apart. Yeah. Um, after X9 came out, some people needed some singles and I had them in this deck. Um, and even with all the fun new dinos, this deck doesn't seem like it's me and it's just too straightforward. But I have to admit, it is very fun to cast Xenagos and get Gishath to become a 14 power yeah. creature. That's just fun. It's a Timmy deck. It for is. Sure. But uh, yeah, the, I've I've chosen my uh, place for this yeah, deck. That it's, one's an easy one. It's sad, but... I just feel like everyone's building it, you know? Yeah. And also, I think Pantlatsa, the new Naya Dinosaurs one, is way more interesting. I think Pantlatsa, maybe a lore person can correct me on this. I think it's Gishath's kid. Oh. I think. Cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. I know that there's like the firstborn of Gishath, which is a card that actually says the firstborn of Gishath. Oh, but I think Pantlatsa is connected to Gishath. In okay. Way. Okay. Cool. All right. Uh, this is the uh, dark Simic deck that Walt was referring to earlier. Uh, this is my Zaxara, the exemplary deck. Uh, this is a four-cost 2-3 Hydra. What a weird body. It's strange. Um, it taps for a two mana of any one color, which is sick. In any combination of any colors. Any combination of colors, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, but the main line of text is whenever you cast a spell with X in the mana cost, you create a 0, zero Hydra and put X plus one counters on it. Yep. So what's this deck do? It ramps, ramps, ramps again, and then casts a bunch of big X spells, makes a bunch of big old Hydras and rams through people. Yep. I was wrong, by the way. It is two mana of any one color. You're yeah, right. I thought I thought it yeah. was. Yeah. I was thinking of the thing you can do to make infinite mana, which you don't have anymore. I took that out of the deck, yes. There's actually specific lines involving that because you have to tap it for blue, blue, and then tap for something else, and then tap... Anyway. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. there's a way to go infinite mana with this deck, but my deck does not contain any of those nope. ways. Um, I just found Big it Hydras. too easy to win yep. with it, and it's boring. Yep. Um, two key cards. Uh, Animist's Awakening is a good example of an X ramp spell. Yep. Um, I have like put X equals like seven, eight, nine into this, yep. and just like doubled the amount of lands that are on my battlefield. I love the spell mastery on this. If there's two or more instants and sorceries in your graveyard, you untap the lands that you hit off the top. I've hit bounce lands with this and god that feels good go up on mana up on mana feels amazing um a bit of a win con in the deck which like uh, obviously overwhelming stampedes in here but herald of the secret streams is also yeah creatures with plus one counters on them can't be blocked all of the hydras have plus one counters on them yeah it just basically is like overrun if overrun said creatures you control get unblockable yeah Uh, look this is like this because walt has built a bunch of plus one counters decks you love your counters and your dice on your cards 
I don't. It's mm. not my way of doing it. This is my way of doing it. Yeah. It's easier to keep track of. I also have like a stack of Hydra tokens to make it easier to track how many counters are on which one. You've got like 12 of those at least. I also don't have many proliferate type effects mm. or any kind of like... You know, Cathar's Crusade no, kind of thing. Mostly once the Hydras are there, they're that size. If you yes. have a 6-6 six, six Hydra, it's a 6-6 six, six Hydra. Yeah. You're not doing weird other stuff with it. Sometimes yeah. I'll even write on a like whiteboard token. It's just a 6-6. Six, six, like, yep. You know, 6 plus 1 counters. Yep. Uh, the banger card. I did want to make a very special mention to Villainous Wealth being the actual probably best card yes. in the deck. Yep. Uh, but my favorite card in the deck is Nylia's Intervention, specifically for X equals 3. You have all the Tron lands in this deck. So this searches for yeah. X lands and puts them into your hand. So X equal to 3 on Nylia's Intervention is find Urza's Town. It's town? He owns a whole town now? Urza's town is probably what you would call Urza's tower, Urza's mine, and Urza's power plant. Oh, it's Urza's town. It's Urza's town, (laughs) uh, which once you've got all three of those, they tap for seven generic mana or seven colorless mana um, all up. It's three, three. Oh, three, three. Oh, no, eight? Oh, yeah, eight. I'm pretty sure it's eight. Yeah, Yeah, three, three, and two. Yeah. Yeah. No, oh, no, no, it's two, three, two, and three. three. No, you're right. It's yeah, seven. it's two, it's two, seven. and three. It's two, seven. two, and three. Because yeah. it perfectly casts Khan. That's like the whole. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just love getting Tron online in yeah. Commander. That's sick. No in one else can do that. In a three-color deck it's as well. So it's whack. I think it's great. And like when I have got that online, my God, I'm I'm popping off. Oh yeah. What's this deck like to play against? Um, it's like, it's fun. It's just fun. Like, it, it's doing Simic Stompy things. It does it in a way... It's a good balance between, like, the usual Simic Stompy stuff and your playstyle, which is very answers-based. You've got a couple of counterspells in here. You've got, like, Power Sync, which is yeah. an X counterspell. So, it, like, makes a Hydra when I counter. That's pretty cool. You've got some instant speed responses. There's some interesting lines. It's a, it's a, a, another deck that strikes a really good balance between, yeah... Like a, a particular play pattern that you wouldn't normally do, which is like Simic Stompy, probably, mm-hmm. and something that you would, which is like um, ha- having big spells and casting lots of spells. Uh, I do think it's the kind of deck that can kill you out of nowhere. I've probably more times. This is one of the decks where I've lost most often and not expected it. Because it can just be a thing of like, yeah, once there's like three 8-8 Hydras, any of the Overwhelming Stampede or oh, Herald yeah. of Secret Streams or even. Do you? I think you play the card Biomass Mutation. Biomass Mutation is the one you're thinking of. There's yeah. another card. Maybe you don't play it. There's a card that says creatures you control with counters on them have base power and toughness equal the number of counters on them. Oh my god! And maybe you're not playing. That I don't card. play that. I that sounds the, horrific. It's from the 40k deck, but yeah, if you doubles if you the a, power of everything. Yeah, that's in that insane. deck it does. Yeah. Well, look, I, I enjoy piloting this deck. It's very fun. It's very simple. Um, there's not many valuable plays in the early game is my only no, critique. It just ramps, right? Yeah. I mean, that's like if you... You're, the deck is a big spells deck. You mm. can't cast big spells in an early game. No. Unless you you're mana. running Mana Crypt, Mana Vault, yeah. which I'm not. No. So this is like my kind of Timmy deck where yeah. it's like enough of big splashy power with enough of a decision-making tree and fun lines to winning. Yep. Um. Yeah, that's I get that's pretty much word for word my verdict anyway. So yep. that's that's basically what the deck is. It's fun, there's plenty of decision trees, and I like explosive plays. Yep. There Fair. You go. Nice. This one's a bit of a tricky one to put in a thing, but I think I got it. Okay. I I feel like you like this deck. I like this deck. Alright, should we move on? Yeah, let's do it. 
Definitely not my colors again. Uh, oh, it contains red, I guess. <laughs> um, this is my Phylaf World Sculptor deck. Mm. This is basically Avenger of Zendikar in the command zone. Yeah, so wow. you it's a six-mana creature. It ETBs you make a 0-1 plant for each basic land you control. Yep. And whenever a land is the battlefield under your control, so it's straight up landfall, you get four counters on a plant you control. Correct. So it puts four counters on one plant instead of one counter on each plant yes, like Avenger does. Avenger of Zendikar, if he wants wanted um a, a jack and the beanstalk style effect yes yeah yeah <laughs> he wants to reach the heavens with this guy and only this guy and that's kind of like the whole point of the deck i have a bit of a fling sub theme mm-hmm. in this deck i've got pretty much every fling effect in the deck yeah um even the kazoo's fury which is like the, the land, land on, on the, the back, back. yeah it's, extra good in that deck yep um it's so it's yeah ramp cast commander land ramp even more pump the team fling to face um, who knew deforestation and plantation could be so much fun? I think this card is sick. Uh, it's fun. It, it's so much fun to have like a very well-known effect like Avenger of Zendikar in your command zone. Mm. Uh, people know what's going on. People know how to play against it. Yep. Two cards that are very key indicators of power level of this deck. I run doubling season in this deck. So good because it's giving you double the plants if you resolve this before Phylaf yep. and then landfall eight counters on something. Yep. Unbelievably powerful. It, it is insanity. This yep. card is definitely a house. It's specifically in this deck, it's so good. Uh, a win con, Morag, Fury of Akum. This is the landfall getting extra combat. Stupid, and yep. they get they get buffed for each combat that yeah. they've had. Plus it's one plus zero for each combat. Insane, so good. My choice of banger card is might surprise you. Mm-hmm. It's a Planeswalker. Okay, Xenagos the Reveler. Oh, this card's super slept on. This is the Planeswalker for two red green, and his uptick yes is add red any combination of red and green equal to the number of la- uh, creatures you control. It's it Gaia's is- Cradle with upside. <laughs> It's stupid. It's Gaia's Cradle for, like, red mana as well. Yeah. So it, like, fixes you. Look, it's not... Like, it's a Planeswalker. It can be killed. And yeah, it's yeah. four mana. It's like, it's not Gaia's Cradle, the card. But it's unbelievably powerful, undoubtedly. It's so strong. And if, if you've got a lot of creatures, which if you're running this card, you do, it mm. means you've got chump blocks to protect him. Yeah. I just think this card is super slept on. This has been, like, a game-ending ritual spell for me so many times. Yep. What's it like to play against? Um, this deck is so strong. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is like a good landfall deck. It's a very very good landfall deck, and like most very very good landfall decks, yeah, sometimes there's some cool fun stuff that happens. It's very strong and very hard to deal with, and also sometimes you just have nothing you can do. Yeah, like sometimes it's just like you look at the board state and it's like cool, I can board wipe. But he has so much mana and a handful of cards that he probably just like casts Phylaf and Doubling Season and then wins again anyway. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. It repopulates after a board wipe so well. It's the it's probably got the best and the worst aspects of pretty much any strong landfall deck in there, which is it's very consistent. It's very powerful. Yeah. It's very Timmy. Um, but the, the cons being like, it is just so hard to deal with. And like, it's, yeah, it's got all the usual culprits of a landfall deck in there. It's got its Lotus Cobras. It's got, you know, those kinds of effects in there. It's going to do the stuff that you expect. And yeah, sometimes that can't be fun. Yeah. I think this deck is fun for me because there's like, it's, it seems like a gruel stompy, aggro thing Mm. but there's a lot of decision making trees that go into it which is really cool because it's like you can go wide or you can go tall yeah and i like the fact that this deck allows you to think a little bit more than your average gruel deck yeah it's not like um it's not you know the four color omnath 
No, or, God. or even the gruel on Nath, which is just yeah. like literally like just keep landfalling. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, the, the fun combos that I've included in this deck makes this deck more entertaining for me. Like I have the scape shift, uh, kind of stuff where it's like you sack all your land with scape shift or Zurin orb, get a bunch of value from Titania, make a bunch of creatures and then cast splendid reclamation and return them all get to them all back. Yeah. That's great. Crucible of worlds plus Azusa plus fabled passage. Yeah. I will note, I do not run any like Khans of Tarkir fetch lands in this deck. I sure. only run fabled Terramorphic and the Evolving Wilds? Yep. Yeah. Um, and I love holding up a fling spell. That's yeah. fun to me. I just it's, think this deck is really cool. If I've yeah. got a 30-30 and I just reveal... Because, by the way, l- listeners out there, you can reveal a card in your hand. It's that not usually a, right to. A legal game sometimes. action. So in games with this deck before, I've had like a 30-30 on field and I've just revealed that I have a fling. So then everyone at the table is like... <laughs> Don't piss James <laughs> no. off because I will get a plant thrown at my face. No, it will happen. Um, yeah. The verdict. Uh, this deck is really fun to bust out at higher powered tables. It's got very powerful plays. It can be stopped pretty well by a well-timed board wipe, but the recovery speed is just phenomenal. I love getting this deck out when I want to get some good Timmy gaming in with a mm. little bit of trickery. Uh, it's a good balance between my Timmy and Johnny self. Yeah. This is another one that you've tailored to your way of playing in a good way. Yeah, yeah definitely. Speaking of yeah, James's th- way of playing... We have maybe the most James deck that isn't Niv-Mizzet-Perun, arguably. This is probably the deck I associate most strongly with you these days. Tornos versus Apprentice! I'm so glad you associate this so strongly with me because I already know... I'm going to spoil it now. This is an S-tier deck for me. Yeah, this I, is, that's fair. This is one of my favorite decks I've ever built. Look, if you're interested in this deck in detail, I've done a full Command Zero yeah. on this one. There's a full 20-minute episode. You can hear more of these cards. But this deck is a subpar triggered and activated abilities from artifacts with charge counters, if you've yeah. ever heard of that dumb mechanic. So Tornos, by the way, is a two-mana creature. It's a 1-3, you, and you can pay one and a red. Sorry, a blue and a red and tap in, yeah. and you copy and activate or trigger the ability of an artifact. He also has haste, which is good yep. to know, because yep. it comes in and does it. Yep. Um, and the whole point of the deck is to use these terrible artifacts with charge counters uh, to get better benefit from them by doubling their abilities. Yep. Win via outvaluing or going down this like weird token sub-theme, mm-hmm. um, or just by copying a huge huge extra uh, like huge ability from an artifact like a mind slaver or something yep you've also there's an extra turns combo in here that yes can, can come off as well correct yep. um key cards to give you an idea dragon spark reactor um one and a red for an artifact that enters with a charge counter and whenever an artifact enters the battlefield it gets another charge counter you can pay four and sacrifice it and deal x damage where x is the number of charge counters on it to target creature and target opponent. So yeah. if you copy this, you get two target creatures, two target opponents. But cards like Kelpie Guide, which mm. allow you to untap a target permanent, allows you to untap Tornos, tap him again to copy the ability a third time. This is like that exact description of that play is like 95% of what it is like watching James play this deck. It's like, okay, I have this weird ability. I'm going to get four more charge counters on it. I'm going to activate it. I'm going to copy it. I'm going to copy it again. I'm going to flash in this thing. Like, it's just like all these wacky artifact lines. It's fun. Yeah, I think this card is is probably considered the the banger card. Uh Uh-huh. Golden Urn. Sure. (laughs) 
This is a joke card. Yes. I refuse to take this out of the deck. It, I found it. It is good. It's surprisingly good. Yeah. One generic mana for a artifact that comes in, and at the beginning of your upkeep, you put a charge counter on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can sacrifice it and gain life equal to the number of charge counters. Yep. So after like six or seven upkeeps, when it's got seven counters on there, sack good. it, gain 14 because you copy it with Tornos. It's not bad. Yeah, it's a bit of like a one generic mana now to invest in the late game. If you get low, you can regain. It's a great turn one play. Yeah, I, I joke. This is a bit of a dumb card. Yeah. I reckon the actual banger card in this deck, in my opinion, is either Mindslaver or Storm the Vault. I think Storm the Vault takes the win here. Storm the Vault I've seen contribute to more wins than any other card in the deck. This is the one that um, makes a treasure... No, no, it enters, and whenever an artifact creature deals combat damage to a player, you create a treasure. Regardless, okay. at the end step, if you control five or more artifacts, you flip it, and it becomes Telerian Academy, which yep, is taps the, for the num- blue equals number of artifacts you control. Banned in Commander, but legal on the back of Storm the Vault. What does oh, no. the card actual read? Uh, whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, you make a treasure. So yeah, and in your end step. step, if you control five or more artifacts, you transform it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, Telerian right. Academy yeah. on the other side. Although it, worth noting, the Ixalan versions of those like lands that they made, like they did, um. Uh, return- Growing Rights of It, Lamar. Yeah, and Return to As Cantor and stuff. They're actually usually better than the original because oh, yeah, they also they- tap for just the mana. So, like, Gaia's Cradle, if you have no creatures, taps for zero mana. But the, um, whatever it's called, Growing Lights of Itlamark, which turns into Itlamark Cradle of the Sun, yeah. taps for green, or taps for green in the creatures you control. And Storm of the Vaults is the same. Taps for blue, or taps for blue because of the artifacts that you control. So it's better than a banned land, in other words. Yeah. It's sh- so good. Don't yell. Because the <laughs> rules committee will hear and they'll ban this card. This no, card specifically in this deck just like always flips in the end step it's and then insanity. is always a problem with that amount and of like mana. And like pumping all of that mana into something like a um, Memnarch. Yeah, yuck. So good. Yeah, I've copying seen, in fact, that. I've seen you win where you had something like 40 mana and you had Memnarch and you were just like, I'll take all the lands and we were like, cool, good game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that everyone conceded after yeah. that. Yeah. Um, you've said before this is one of your favorite decks of mine. It's probably my favorite, actually. Yep. I think I'm going to be specific here. There's really it. It's just you, you know. Like I would never build this deck. No, with e- exactly no shade of like criticism whatsoever. I would never build a deck like this. Only you would build a deck like this. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it so great. It's got weird lines. It leaves up all its mana. It does strange ramp. It plays a million artifacts. Like this <laughs> is just the James deck and it's a, bl- a blast to watch you play it. Look, it- it's you have to deal with you. <laughs> most of your decks are like this. You have to deal with it or it gets out of hand. Look, probably most commanders. In my decks opinion, are like if that. you're not building a commander deck where your opponents have to deal with you, you have built a shit commander yeah, deck. Yeah, it's true. I, I guess I guess I think my decks maybe fly under the radar slightly more than yours do. Yeah, mine 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 have more neon glowing lights around them. Yeah, deal with, warning, me, deal with warning. me, deal with me, deal with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight up. Yeah. No, I love this deck. Uh this is definitely a deck that's goaded for options. Mm. Like this deck is so good for like choose the win. Yeah. How do you want to win? Find it. There's a pile of trash. Make it. Yep. Um, the verdict of this deck is I love this deck. This is one of my all time favorite decks that I've ever built. I'm tempted to take um, out the infinite turn combo in this deck to mm. ensure I'm not winning the same time. Uh, same way every time mm-hmm. but i don't win with it consistently enough to justify taking it out yet you can leave it so we'll we'll see but i definitely am not disassembling this deck there is no spoiler about this no. uh, the, yeah i love this deck way way too much it's just so much fun it's great 
Love it a lot. And now to a deck that you love exactly as much, obviously. Um, yeah. Your Abomination of Lanoir deck. Another typal deck that James doesn't play an awful lot of. <laughs> what? So this is the creature from Commander Legends. I think it's one black green. Is that yeah, right? Three yeah, three mana. Three mana. For a star star. It's a star star. star. It's uh, power and toughness to equal the number of elves you control and elf cards in your graveyard. Yeah, you remember the graveyard. I bit. did. Nice work. And it's got Vigilance and Menace. Yep. That's the card. <laughs> That's the card. So. It's an elf ball. Literally, the art of the card is a ball of elves, which is- a- I love self-referential stuff from the Wizards design team. They're hilarious. Like, it, it is an elf ball deck. Cast yeah. elves, make elves, cast overrun or a hoof type thing, yep. and end the game. Um, so, like, running Liz Alana Huntmaster. Cast um, an elf, get an elf. Seems good. Yep. Beast Whisperer, cast a creature, draw a card. Yep, draws you a million cards in And the it's game. an elf. Yep. It draw, you know, it, it's just it's good. elf things. Elf <laughs> things. Um, the banger card is, funnily enough, a card that turns this deck into one of my other decks. Okay. Uh, it's an aura. I actually can't remember if you've seen this card played. I, I love this I when I play it. It's called Dying Wish. Right. It's one and a black for an aura that says when enchanted creature dies, it deals X damage to target opponent and you gain X life. Where X is its power. Yep. It becomes Ukima. It becomes Ukima. That's pretty funny. This is... (laughs) You love fling. I do. I you love have fling like effects. four fling decks. You have an Ukimo and Kazur deck. You have this in your Lam- uh, Abomination of Lanoir deck, even though it doesn't contain red. No. I also <laughs> and you d- have Phylath. I just love the idea that this deters people from yeah. killing my commandos. Totally. Like, if it's you a kill good- it, it's 15 power. Yeah. I will drain you for 15. I like it as like a like my gut instinct when I'm building a deck where the commander is really important. It's just to put a bunch of things that give it hexproof, give it shroud and stuff. Nah, I like more this it's like an incentive. It's yeah. just like, no, you can get rid of it. It'll cost you. <laughs> yeah. I'm I love the politics side of Commander though. That's why yeah. I love building decks or including cards like this. Sure. What do you think of this deck? Let's play against as an opponent. Um, I like that this is a deck that you can pull out against new players, and it's like similar to your Ayula deck, it's pretty straightforward. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's okay. It's an interesting deck. You've built it in a, a way that is a bit you. Um, but it's sort of, I don't know, it, most elf decks tend to be a bit boring to me because they just, elves just care about mana. <laughs> so yeah. every elf deck I've seen is basically like a big mana deck, really, or a go wide deck. You can't do much else with elves, mm. um, and make it good IMO. Uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's a good deck. It's, um, certainly not one I like groan when I see, but I don't see you reaching it for it very often. Yeah, it, I do yeah, play it though. It still gets played. Like yeah, it still appears in I, my battle box. I'm I'm fine to see it. If I sit down in a pod with it, I'm like, yeah, cool. That's that's yeah. fine. I'm not thrilled either, if that makes sense. No, I I think the reason I like this deck is because it goes against the Voltron thing where it's not putting all its eggs in one basket. Elves, that's true. elves go wide, but mm. this deck wants to kill you with commander damage. Like sure. I run cards like Timberwatch Elf, which basically taps and oh. doubles Abomination of Lanoir's yeah. power. Like that's a really fun way of killing someone with commander damage. I mm. think that's sick, and actually pulling it off is so cool. You can also kill someone with any other elf. Like that's a pauper win con in yes. pauper elves because you just attack with five creatures, and whichever one they don't block, you tap Timberwatch Elf, and that one gets plus ten plus ten. Yeah. 
Well, look, I reckon this deck uh, as a verdict, I really enjoy this deck. It's a Voltron deck without being a glass cannon, which in my opinion is very rare. Mm -hmm. It recovers really well and there are some really cool cards that are obvious synergy, but just fun to pull off, like Leyline of Abundance. Mm. Having a pregame in casual feels so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) True. All right, that's... We did it. That's all 15 of your decks. I have got a tier list. I also have a tier list. All right. Um, I, th- I feel like you should go first, right? You're... Should we do... Let's do S down, right? Okay. Yeah. All right. I think S down because then we get into like the, well, what are we cutting? Because that's like the one? whole point, right? Yeah, we have yeah. to decide on three to four decks where I'm cutting. All right. So... I'm putting all of my... Al- should we alternate? You do S tier, I'll do S tier? Yeah, I like that. Okay. All right. All right. What's in your S tier? My S tier, surprising no one, contains niv at Perun uh-huh. and Tornos. Those are my exact S tier decks. You've got those two as I well. I have those exact two in my no S tier. No, that's those decks are a blast. Don't touch them at all. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad because they both have such a special place in my heart. Yep, they're decked out in deck boxes that uh, is it colors. Yep, I just love them. Yep. All right, A tier. Mm-hmm. What do you have? I have Savine the Chronoclasm, mm-hmm. Scarab God, okay, and Firelaf World Sculptor. Interesting. What have you got? I have Yuriko. I also have Savine. Savine made A tier? Yep. And I have Zaxara. Interesting. An A tier. This is based on like how keen I am to sit down with them. Right. Remember, okay. As well. So like for How me, much fun you have playing against this. Yeah. And how, how happy I am to see it. So yeah. yes, that's those are mine. So interesting. Okay. Very different Savine, decks there. Savine right Savine up there consistent. though. Yeah. I'm really glad because that's a, yeah, a new deck that I put a lot of work into. Mm-hmm. All right. B tier. Yep. I have Liesa Shroud of Dusk, mm-hmm. Scorpion God, yep. and Ukima and Kazor. Okay. I have two of those. I have Scorpion God. In B tier, I mm-hmm. also have Ukima and Kazur. I have Phylath and I have Ayula. Oh, Phylath is a lot lower down on your list than it was. Mine was an A. Yeah, I I mean, again... It's just, just powerful. It's just think- so powerful and I I don't know. I, I lose to this deck so often. I think I even talked about this in the game log episode. Yeah. I just am not that thrilled to see it usually. I think there's something to say about the fact that I have other pods of Commander where high power is sure. encouraged but then and it's interesting because i have yuriko in a even though true. yuriko is not normally in mine anyway it's just did like you the include decks- yuriko in a because of the the like the deck itself or how i play it or just the fact that you associate it with me i i just think yeah when i think about decks that i enjoy watching you pilot right. i enjoy watching you pilot yuriko because there's more interesting lines Whereas when I watch you pilot Firelath, it's just like, okay, James is a problem. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's it's rarer that I see you do something in Firelath and go like, oh, that was really interesting. Or like, oh, that's, I wonder yeah, why you okay. did that. Like, it's mostly just like land. Yuriko has like interesting stuff happening. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And I like Ayula because I just love, <laughs> I love <laughs> bears. bears. <laughs> well, unfortunately in C tier, sure. I have Ayula. Uh-huh. I also have Yuriko. Whoa, that's a big difference. Yeah. Wow. I also have Zaxara and Abomination uh, of Lanoir in C tier as okay, well. I okay. I do have quite a few in C tier, I just noticed. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah, but Yuriko, the difference of our Yuriko yeah. opinions is strong. So I have, in my C tier, I have Yaleva. I, oh, have, yeah. I have Scarab God and I have Liesa. So my C tier looks really different to yours. Is the Liesa in there? Because I had Liesa in B. Mm. It's a little bit higher. So like, do you think Liesa is just a deck that is not as interesting to see? Yeah. Yeah? Pretty much. It just sits back and yeah. like dings you for two. It's just... it. The deck does what it do, Yugi. <laughs> it does what it do, Yugi. <laughs> Roll um, my dice. I... <laughs> watch that video if you haven't before. <laughs> I'll uh, ask about it in Discord. I'll tell you what it is. Um, 
Yes. Uh, it's it's fine. Like C tier, like is not. I hate it. You know. I just yeah. it's just like it does what it do, <laughs> and um, it's fine. And I have Scarab God there. Because I just... Yeah, I, I guess... I think it needs an overhaul. Yeah, I think it does. Yeah, I don't think it's Cause a Because you cut. have it higher. Because you love it, but you're not that it. happy with it. And I but I think it needs a... It needs an overhaul. Because oh, it's, well, the, it's been the same. Maybe we agree. Because you, yeah. you you can see the potential of the deck. So you had it in A. Yeah, because I had it in A. And I have, I'm have i seeing where the deck is now. And I have it in C. Yeah, maybe... Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, maybe I enjoy how it plays. I just need to put new cards in it to make it interesting again. Sure. Because I've seen all those cards before for yeah. like three years now. Yeah. And I think... um. Your laver I have in C, but I suspect you have in D. So I think it's just a pretty do. similar. In yep. in D, I've got your laver, Niv, Draco Genius, and Gishath. So I have Niv Mizzet, Draco Genius, Gishath, and I have Abomination of Lanoir down here. Which probably came through when we were talking about the deck, but I just am not thrilled to see it, usually. I don't hate it. Um, in fact, looking at it, I probably would consider swapping Abomination of Lanoir and Yuleva, having Abomination in C mm. and Yuleva in D, in terms of, like, how much fun they are to play against. I don't know. They're pretty close for me. Yep. Um, but, yeah, which... So, are we cutting D tier? Is that just basically what it's going to be? I think D tier, because, like, you've... I think... I think the obvious cuts, because we've got We've two, both got Nivmiz, uh, Draco Genius, and Gishath. So, those are totally going. Okay, so those two are cut, which... I'm not sad about... Gishath has already been slightly disassembled. Yep. You never play Nib, is it? We established that. I think we can do two more. Two more. So, I reckon- for reference, I have Abomination of Lanawar in D. You have Yelaver in D. Yes. And I have... I also have Abomination of Lanawar in C. Okay. So, it seems like Abomination of Lanawar is probably another one to go. Do you think? No? I'm really... Not sure. Apprehensive. I just You're more sure a- on your Laver, it sounds I'm like. I'm more so sure. So, is I your Laver our third deck? Your Laver is the third deck. The okay. reason I'm hesitant on Abomination is because it, it do what it do, Yugi. <laughs> and it's kind of nice to have a deck that do what it do and it does it pretty well. So, it's not yeah. a... Because my other no-think decks mm. were Gishath yeah. and Bears. You still got a, you've still got bears. Bears is still in there, but bears is very low powered, and I don't think I get to play it as much as I get to play Lanawa. Where did you have you had bears in C? Yeah, I had bears in C. Yes. Okay, yeah. so it sounds like probably the toss up. What else did you have in C? I had your oh, I had Yuriko and Zaxara. Mmm. God, is Yuriko a cut? You play Zaxara a lot. I think you'd, your collection would be a bit lost without Zaxara. So I, yes. I'm voting against Zaxara. I think it's a good middle ground so for a casual game. I think where we're landing is you're cutting the Visit Draco Genius. Yep. You're cutting Gishath. You're cutting Jaleva. Yes. And then it's just whether we're getting rid of Abomination of Lanawar or uh, Yuriko. You had Yuriko so high though, which makes me I had Yuriko it. in A. I mean, look, the, it was featured in gameplay content. Has that come out yet? Maybe no, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Go We've subscribe to Multanun. A million times. They'll get there. They're They'll editing their video. Oh, it um, might be out by the time this episode could, comes it out. Could Maybe. Be. This Who has knows? been recorded a, yeah. a fair bit in advance. Um, I think I like your Yuriko deck. I mean, look, maybe you can just cut three and then you can think about it for the fourth. Maybe you don't have to decide right now. It sounds like you really don't it's want tough. to cut Abomination of Lanawa. I don't want to cut Abomination of Lanawa. Really cutting don't. three decks. Like, you have 15 decks. Cutting three, three is yeah. still a fifth of your decks. And I've got some new brews on the way. Yeah. All right. Okay. I'm happy to say those three are guaranteed. I will update you on the Discord if I cut something else. Okay. And it's going to be Yuriko or Abomination oh, of Lanawa. Gosh. Both, both tough hits. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm look, glad to see the other three go. I will make some really good Demir decks with all the cards from Yuriko. Oh, yeah. My lord. That, that's it's strong stuff there. Interesting. All right. All right. Man. 
Look, sometimes you need to keep tabs on the decks that sit on the shelf collecting dust. Why are they there? Remember, we're playing a game. We play with these cards. If we're not playing with them, they're not much use to us. Disassembling decks can be hard, but they'll make room for new decks. I'm already building a Kellen the Feyblooded and even toying with a Ninth Doctor and K9 Upkeep Triggers deck. Nice. Plus, the list can live on in our Moxfield accounts and you can sell that Gishath for a decent amount. <laughs> So, Space Commanders, command received. Nice. Look, okay, I'm proud of me for doing this, and I'm happy the Space Commanders pushed me because I have just got cards that are just sat there doing nothing. Yeah. And I'm glad that they're going to get used. So, to the listeners, do you feel commanded? And what do you think of the three decks I decided to cut? Remember, you can Mm. go check out all these decks in my Moxfield link, uh, which is in the show notes. As we said, they'll live there forever. (laughs) They'll live there forever. Um, But I'm curious, what decks have you cut recently? Mm. And why? And you can get in touch with us on Twitter, Instagram, or threads at Get Commanded and all those platforms. You can send us an email, it's in the show notes, or you can join the Greensboro Commander Community Discord server and chat with us and other members of our playgroup. That's linked in the show notes as well. Yeah, and definitely don't forget to check out the Patreon page. It's linked in the show notes for more ways to support Get Commanded directly, and you get a bunch of benefits. Uh, we would love to thank our patrons, Stella Tam, Fuzzy, and Bottomless Potamus, and making a very special shout out to to Fletcher Cutting for supporting us in the Space Commander tier. You are the best. It's true. And thank you to Palms Off Gaming who sponsor this podcast. They make some really outstanding deck boxes, sleeves, binders, all that good stuff. I recently, uh, for Christmas, I bought my brother um, the starter oh, decks from Lord too. of the yeah. Rings. And I uh, chucked them in the blackout sleeves. They look really sweet. I love They're those sleeves, Very man. high quality sleeves. Man, shuffling them is so nice. They yeah. are buttery smooth. And they are also so strong. I've had my CDH deck in those sleeves for like, God, when did they give it to us? Like February, March? Yeah, a long time. Last year? Yeah, like, yeah I've had them in ages and I use that deck a lot and yeah. they're clean. So you can check out uh, palmsoffcaming.com.au forward slash hashtag get commanded. You get 10% off of your order when you do that and you support the podcast at the same time. So that's palmsoffgaming.com.au forward slash hashtag get commanded. All right, that's it. All of my decks reviewed. We're out of the world of magic. It's a long time. (laughs) That was a long episode. Thanks for sticking with us. And if you want to stick with us a little more, we're going to do a bit of a planeswalk. Yeah, where are we planeswalking to this week, James? We're going to planeswalk to High Rise, a Call of Duty map from like (laughs) 2011. (laughs) Did not know where that was going. Yeah, Um, okay. I have just recently got the new Modern Warfare 3 game. Okay, and Uh, it's... Important to say the new Modern Warfare 3. Yes, the new, the, <laughs> not the one that was released in like 2013 or 2014. They had Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare 2 and Modern Warfare 3. Those came out a long time ago and now they've released Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare 2 and Modern Warfare 3. Yeah. <laughs> Remade. New timeline, new story, which I really enjoy. That is cool. I have some strong opinions okay. about this game. Sure. Multiplayer, best multiplayer Call of Duty's had since like Black Ops 2. Wow. Genuinely love the multiplayer. The movement is back. You can slide cancel again. Cool. Like vaulting over objects is smooth. It's great. Multiplayer is great. The maps are awesome. They've remastered a couple of old MW2 maps. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I hate the campaign. 
Whoa. And by hate, I mean, I know a lot of people don't play Call of Duty for the campaign. Mm-hmm. I've loved the Call of Duty story for, like, I used to, I am one of those guys that says I'm not playing multiplayer until I finish the campaign. Yeah, That's like my rule with these kinds of games. Wow. Hard with a Call of Duty game when most of the fun is the multiplayer. Yes. And also then when you do log on to online, everyone's unlocked all the good guns yeah. and you're stuck there with like an M4 doing nothing. <laughs> sure. Um, the campaign was not done properly. They put right. no effort into this campaign. Oh, that's sad. It felt like, if you've ever played the DMZ mode on Warzone... No. It's just like an open world map where you can like accept basic missions. Right. And like, you just have to run up to an objective, hold down X, run away from objective, right. kill enemies on the way. Where's the bomb? Where's the bomb? Exactly. <laughs> cool. That's what the campaign felt like. Right. It was really dull. Fetch quests kind of thing. Yes. Go here, do this. Go here, do this. I really like the fact that they're experimenting with something, but the gameplay in Call of Duty in the campaign is meant to be a railroaded story where you're... You're watching a story unfold and interacting with it in the moments where you can, where Mm -hmm. there's like a battle. But like, it's about the story for me. And the story was medium at best. Right. And just the way they told it was an F. Fail absolutely. Wow. I just, I wanted to get that opinion out there. Yeah. I'm curious if anyone on our Discord plays Call of Duty and wants to jump online and Play some team deathmatch with me. Let's go. That's, that's the bit James likes. Keen. I, I want to get out. I want to get some more Call of Duty uh, in with people that I can talk to. Most of the time, it's just me playing on my own because mm-hmm. no one plays COD anymore except no. for fourteen-year-old boys and me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I the multiplayer is phenomenal. Campaign shit. There's my review. Wow. You can read that on IGN. <laughs> um, <laughs> IGN.com. Yeah. Hashtag get commanded. Um, no. <laughs> Author's note, James thought it was shit. Yeah, (laughs) it's bad, no good. Um, That's all we have time for, so we'll see you next Friday for another transmission from the Space Commanders. Goodbye, Commander players.